Hi guys! Welcome to the 80th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. That's right, I said 80, boys and girls. We're, we're been quite surprised that we've still been here and we're still here, still doing the same thing. Um, 80 editions in with 80 wonderful interviews that we've had, but uh, I suppose we should crack on. Jamie! Um, mm-hmm. I do believe that these chronicles, these chronicles right here, oh, for some reason on the tip of the old schnoz, are the chronicles of Becky Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, they are. Excellent. We better get started. Hit it! Hey, honey bunny, it's Rivka Reyes. This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. It's Boba Fett here. This is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. It's WWE superstar legend Davy Boy Smith's daughter, Georgia Smith. Hello, this is Becky Baldwin, the bass player of Fury and Hans of Gressel, and you're listening to or watching and or watching the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Laziest named food in existence. Do you think they're going to have to rotate in with a barbed cock? We're originally going to call it beef ball, but it sounded a bit weird. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 80th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And are the Chronicles of Becky Baldwin. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie. And joining me, as always, always, is this handsome fella right here. What are these? It was a welcome home by Merciful Fate. Oh, I've got, I've got my been a Merciful Fate related. Yeah. I was sure it was them off Fury. It's Scott's for Tom. What's going on, guys? Hi, yeah. Hi, yeah. Jamie? Yes. What do you call a dog that could do magic? Could a dog that could do magic? Oh, this is going to be a shit joke, isn't it? Go on. I don't know. A Labracadabrador? <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> I literally saw this joke on TikTok. Yeah, I was actually on TikTok. It's like I go back and watch no. clips. And the guy <laughs> telling the joke was like, this is the best dog joke you're ever going to hear. And he literally couldn't get the answer out for a good minute or two. And that's what made it so amazing. And when he actually said the answer, he went... <laughs> in fact, that might be the best dog joke ever. I I mean, yeah, it is fantastic. It's just a it's reaction to his delivery that made it even better. <laughs> Um, and I went, oh, I'll still have to start the show. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, that was absolutely amazing. Plagiarising our content. Yes. Woo! Plagiarising! Um, I mean, it's better than digression. I mean, it is better than digression, actually. Yeah, digression is probably what, is it, what we used. No. For, the, for, the, for the true fans that have been here since the beginning, digression was a very hot topic in the world of TCO parts. It was like a very hot topic, and now we've grown up. So... Um, <laughs> You know, now we realise that we don't need silly catchphrases, Jamie, and uh, or do we? I was going to say, we do, just different ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie, I was having a conversation with Braden, right? Former guest yeah. and good friend of the show. And we got onto the topic of penises. As you and do. as we do. <laughs> uh, and we what, we what I found absolutely mental, right, is that some animals have barbed penises, okay? Yes. What female looks at that and goes, oh my God, you know what? I want you to fucking tear my insides out after you. Do you know what I mean? 
Absolutely, absolutely ruined me. I wanted to absolutely tear my inside straight out. So, you know, because cats have barbed penises and you're like... They do, yes. No wonder they're so agitated and angry at everything all the time. <coughs> it does make sense. Why my cat's an asshole? Because she's... Yeah. Female. So, yeah, it does make sense. It's like a mace, isn't it? So the big fucking ball. That's what I mean. Like, what? Oh, who, who the... oh I, I'd, I'd be gut- I would be gutted. If we, if as males had barbed penises, because we, we'd never ever have sex ever. We catch it on our like, trousers all the time. Be fucking nightmare. Don't fucking think so, mate. <laughs> That's going nowhere near me. Thank you very much. Well, I said I want you to rip my in, destroy me insides. I didn't mean like this. Fuck it out. Didn't mean, didn't mean literally. <laughs> but then we got, then it got weirder. How the fuck does it get weirder than talking about barbed penis? Ducks. Ducks. Ducks also have barbed penises, but okay. ducks. A duck's cock is a corkscrew. Wait, what? Did you know that? <laughs> it's, no. it's corkscrew shaped. I know where I'm going. Um, I need to open a bottle of wine. This is what I mean. Could you imagine? <laughs> like, like, so when we're talking about how ducks are Tories, so, you know, <laughs> they could be like, quack, quack, yes. No, sorry, let me just insert myself inside you. And then they have to like spin, like they have to rotate around to get inside. <laughs> and then rotate back out again. Do you think that you have that? That's how it obviously it's not how it works, but it's just funny in my head. But like, do you think they're gonna have to rotate in with a barbed cock? So as they're going into the, the lady duck, she's like, ah, fuck. oh Jesus Christ, oh my god. It's like it's, it's almost like you know how you're like inserting a screw into a chest of drawers or something. It'd literally be like that, and it like yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then so when they're actually doing the deed, then like a, a duck's a lady's duck's vagina can't be Corkscrew shape, surely. I was going to say, is it riveted on the inside of a thing? That's got to be the most painful, most (laughs) horrific experience of a duck's life. I'll never forget the first time, Sharon. (laughs) Oh, I'd love to have some ducklings, but I don't know if I actually want to go through with it. (laughs) Sharon, is it? Is it? Is it? It's like, oh, Lucy, love Lucy. You you, you don't want to. Trust me, it's it's not bloody worth it, love. They're fucking... You're screaming, then you have them and they're screaming. It's like, it's just not, it's just not open. Your laugh's pretty much gone. It hurts. The man's just spinning around on top of you. You can't keep the mood, Sharon, I tell you. It's just weird. Exactly. But then, like you say, but that's the Dr. Toys and they go, oh, Betty, darling, you need that wide open? Of course, give it here. Dave, why is there white stuff in this wine? What's for this? Oh, uh, it's 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 nothing, Betty. Don't worry, Betty. You just enjoy your life better. Okay. The duck didn't last very long, love. It? <laughs> it's not mocking for it. It happens to the best of us, love. That's why they call me Five Minute Terry. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was just an absolutely crazy ass fucking conversation. And, um, you know what? You know, literally like a rabbit hole. As a, like a, like a rabbit. But like, you go down a rabbit hole, and you're like, I'm just really curious as to know what. I don't know why. I don't know why. All right, it was just a conversation that was had. We investigated, and that's what we came up with. I was going to say, which one of you googled which animals have barbed penises? Because it must have happened. Well, I was just talking about cats because there were cats shrieking outside. That's how the, the whole thing started. And then Braden talking about ducks. So I had to research, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. 
incognito so, mode because I don't want this in my fucking search history. Thank you. Well, there it is. It's there now, <laughs> so uh, I completely forget about private mode, so I might start getting mail in the you know, like actual post being delivered and uh, Google adverts and everything. And it's like, raise your duck rights. I feel sorry for cats now you mention it because they go through heat and shit where they're like, I need cat dick now, otherwise I will murder someone. Imagine craving that. <laughs> that yeah. <laughs> I need it. I need it. Oh, I want this. <laughs> Look, Steve, don't take a runner. Don't take a runner. <laughs> Let's get this over as fast as possible, all right? Jesus. Oh, God. Cat. That ain't gonna be horrible, isn't it? Oh, Ooh. anyway, let's move Ooh. on. That's getting weird. Oh, uh, do you know what? Like, <laughs> I also realized this started to happen as well, which is, oh. I think, is the most mental thing. Some of the most mental things that we do as humans, Jamie. When captions come up on TV at the end, like documentaries, be like, he was murdered April 21, he was jailed for life. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. His mother went on to become a barrister, that sort of thing. Why is it when captions on TV and movies? When, if based on a true story, one of you always reads it out loud, even the other person can clearly say, see what it says and read and reads it themselves. Why do we do that? Do it, I do it. <laughs> why why is it that you watch a documentary? So, like I said, and it comes up and it's like, say, oh my god, his Becky Becky's mum became a barrister. Yeah, and then it says here, and then uh, it says here that she then died two years later. I know, Jamie, I can fucking read it. I can see it for myself. <laughs> and I'm always one of those ones as well that goes, oh, I wonder what happened to him. I'm going to Google it. It's literally just told me on the fucking TV. Why am I researching yeah. this? It's telling me the exact same thing I've just fucking read. But then it's always sometimes it comes with quite a bit. You read it really quickly because you think it's going to disappear. If no, there's a, there's a rewind function. You're like, shit, that read is really hang on, quick, shit. Uh, uh, oh, 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 I missed it. Oh, what did it say? What did it say? <laughs> And and pause the screen. There, no, because the challenge is to read fast. If the people out there they're thinking, oh, what do you want about? No one does that, then it's you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, going back going back to the conversation of cats, luckily mine is not even remotely the same conversation. Thank fuck. But yes. um I, I went to a kitty cafe this weekend. Okay. Yeah, not by choice. Um, it was Claire's son's birthday, and he wanted to go to the Kitty Cafe in Birmingham City Centre. It's literally just a cafe full of cats running around. Yeah. Weird concept, but it got me thinking, though. I was sort of sat there, I was looking around, I was like, what other animals could you do this with? Could you imagine just rocking on where you're going today? The Penguin Cafe. Just, just walk in, there's just fucking penguins dawdling around the room. I was like, I mean, it'd, it'd be have to be fucking cold now, wouldn't it? It would have to be very cold now. I don't know why penguins is the first animal that came to my mind. I was just like, what else could you do this with? Dogs would be a fucking nightmare. No matter what you try yeah, and yeah. eat. Like... Now we're food around, yeah. Now we're food around, you know what? That's actually quite different. Rabbits, maybe? Oh, rabbit cat would be ace. You could do rabbits. Um, there's not a lot you could do with. You could do like a flamingo or anything like that. That'd be, That'd be amazing. Style, That'd be fucking awesome. They'd just be stood there judging you the entire time on one foot, like... <laughs> Look at these pathetic humans on two legs. Oh, God. Makes me sick, Steve. You know what I'm saying? Yes, Tony, actually, I do. I do. These humans can't even balance very well, can they? No, they can't. Look at us balancing. They're not even paying us any attention. We should be in some sort of circus or some sort of talent show or something. We would absolutely slay it, Tony. Flamingo's got talent. (laughs) 
Well, you can guarantee you'd have people in there stood in front of them on one leg. Go, oh, fucking do that, Dave. It's not that hard standing on one leg. I'm doing it now. I wonder want, they'd have to probably go up and like tape measure to see who's got the longer leg, and then that like, you win. <laughs> Who can brush their feathers that much on one leg better or something like that? I don't know. It's just mental. They're pink. That's what blows my mind even further. It's just that they're, they're not a natural colour. <laughs> Love flamingos there. Well, God was up there going, hmm, I've got lots of blackbirds, literally crows, etc. Ravens. Penguins are black and white. Hmm, this is getting boring. Let's 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 fuck the bird system up a little bit, shall we? Let's fuck the birds up a little bit. Let's make a big fucker and sit that can only stand in water on one leg and we'll make it pink. <laughs> God was definitely drunk that day. He definitely was. <laughs> what have I done yet? What? i tell you what, I'll make a snake. I'll make it one of the deadliest, deadliest we've ever, but it's a muscle. <laughs> no legs, it's got no arms, but fuck all. All right? I was making one big fucking long thing. <laughs> I put up its jaw. Well, it, it deadly, deadly, deadly as fuck, Jesus. Deadly as fuck. Okay? But it's actually got nothing apart from just one long muscle. <laughs> That'd be hilarious, Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've done it anyway. Fuck, shut up. Shut up. It's done. It's done. <laughs> There we are. We'll make different varieties of them. Some that aren't even deadly at all. And people always saw the difference, so they shit themselves in. <laughs> I know we'll have some fucking pink, but it's like a come flamingos. Peacocks. We're, oh. That's we're a, one of the wildest that I <laughs> We could have a normal bird, but on its back, giant fucking duster. Call oh, it was... call it peacock. Done. I was, I was happy with my joke and talked talk for a long time. Oh, I didn't hear it. I'm sorry. I'm that's sorry. broke my heart. That's all right. I'm that's sorry. Okay. Jamie, don't worry about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. I, just, I just thought it was funny to be like, let's see where they flame and go. And then... I'll make sure to the smoke over it. <laughs> still, all right. We'll, we'll discuss peacocks instead. I mean, peacocks are an interesting thing because they're colourful as fuck, like almost like chrome. And then, like, you know, people have chrome cars need to get in the bin. But still, like, I really want a blue, yellow, green, and purple, like, silvery colour. Like, get over yourself. But peacocks are literally, like, just walking around like, hmm, this is, this is nice, isn't it? I'm a nice colour. Yeah. I see. What's that? Oh my God, what's this fuck Look at me. Look at these fucking thousand eyes on my ass. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, look at Oh, it's not one of the peak. Okay. <laughs> retreat, Kevin, retreat. <laughs> just look at the body. I'm just here having a pet. <sighs> I was stretching. Nothing more, nothing more. Just having a stretch. Never mind me. Ignore that, Peter. Ignore that. That was nothing. Oh, nothing dear. Wanna fuck? <laughs> I can't find. I can't find it. Where's Where's the? I bet you can find it now, can't you, you <laughs> sexy little fucker? Eh? You randy bastard. <laughs> there is way too much animal sex going on at the start. Yeah, we need to read. You see, a members into bestiality. <laughs> TMZ presents. Well, no. <laughs> we're, definitely, we're definitely not. We just thought it was funny not. conversations, funny topics, guys, all right? 
Yeah. How are you, Jamie? Anyway, you <laughs> I'm very well, my friend. I'm very well. I'm a little bit sleepy, but what the fuck's new? I'm um, working nights at the minute, so there we are. Ah. The sleep pattern gets destroyed, as always. <laughs> Woo! How about you? How are you? How are you? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm actually all right, man. I'm actually all right. And um, there's some things been going on behind the scenes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm signing one of them pricks now. I think I'm hot shit because I'm like, there's things going on that I can't talk about. Um, <laughs> there's a personal things going on that uh, I'm currently uh, sorting, shall we say, at this current point in time. You are fully aware of said, of said things. Um, so I'm currently working on some pieces at the moment in my personal life to uh, get back on track, shall we say. Um, but yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's uh, I'm absolutely knackered, <laughs> if I'm honest, Be- uh, because I've this is now my fourth recording night in a row. Um, I've interviewed every night, I'm interviewing after we've done this, I'm interviewing tomorrow, and I'm just a bit worn out. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm not surprised, it, yeah. It also doesn't help that me and Braden play. Rocket League, I would play Rocket League every night for the last 10 days. That so it's probably like, doesn't help also. <laughs> no, so, and with with time going forward, that's the boxing forward oh, on, course, on, on Sunday night, yeah. So I'm now playing till like 1am when I was playing till midnight. Yeah, I did sort that shit out. Um, <laughs> but there we are. So yeah, just, just I'm shattered. I need, I need to try and get back into a bit more of a routine again, I think. Yeah, probably, probably definitely should. So, um, but Jamie, before we um, start getting into the cruxy cruxy part of the show, do you remember Scottish Pepper Pig? I do remember Scottish Pepper Pig. It's a highlight of the show. Good. Welcome to Storytime with Tom. Oh, yes. So, this is called The Stolen Lunch. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'm ready. Right, guys. My co-worker got his lunch stolen and had agreed to let him watch the security camera tape. This is the most excited I have ever been at a job, ever. And I mean, ever. The lunch in question was shrimp fried rice, which means this escalates from a misdemeanor to felony, I have no doubt. Ace facts. Lunch was in the fridge for less than an hour before it vanished. No shrimp smell remnants in the microwave or kitchen area. This was a professional job. <laughs> Holy shit, he's back. He's watched the tape. He knows who did it. So, the man whose lunch was stolen sits across from me. The person who stole his lunch sits right next to me. She left for the day before the investigation started. According to the video, this psychopath didn't even eat the food. She took it out the fridge and threw it and buried it in the trash. <sighs> Her motives remain completely unknown. In lieu of what he saw on tape, he had decided not to press the matter anymore. I can't say I blame him. We don't know what this woman's fully capable of. Points to clarify. He bought the shrimp fried rice around 11.30am in takeout, put it in the fridge to chill until he takes his lunch at noon. So she had exactly a 30-minute window of time to do what she did. There was no intention of microwaving the food. Update. Okay, so when the dude watched the video with HR, they asked him, what do you want to do about it? He told them he was solely interested in who did it and that he didn't want to be responsible for someone getting fired. Fair play, fair yeah. enough, I feel. Yeah. After charges were dropped, HR sent a company-wide email about not stealing people's lunches. 
She is scheduled to arrive at work in 20 minutes. My blood is on cocaine. (laughs) She has has walked into the room. The room is dead silent. Dead fucking silent. Yet, there is a palpable explosive energy pulsing through everyone but her. From the moment she walked in, I've just been staring at her. Watched her open her email. She's now given us the goddamn HR email. Holy fuck, boys. Strap in. Here we go. Can't move. I simply <laughs> cannot move. Anything can happen right now. Just seeing the HR email, she sh- says out loud, Whoa! Someone stole someone's lunch? Who would do something like that? I may have to run out of, I may have to run out of this room. After she said that, the shrimp guy responds, Well, yeah, it's not okay to throw someone's food away. We're all about to start screaming. <laughs> this shit's about to get crazier. Then he says, she goes, oh, was it your lunch? Be- beat, she continues, well, why would you go to HR about it? She has simultaneously denied her involvement and called the guy who saved her job a snitch. Dude decides and went straight back to work. After she said what she said, she looks quite wittingly calm. This is real. This is happening. We know who did it, but we don't know why. It's a post-production company, so we're in fact open today. She's been sitting three foot from me this entire time. Unbeknownst to the guy and the woman, I just ordered three shrimp, I just ordered three shrimp fried rice plates for lunch, and we'll be hand delivering it to all of to, to them. <laughs> she took the fried rice from me with a big smile on her face, and she's eating it and loving it. This is utter ruthlessness. I love shrimp fried rice, she says. I wish I, I wish I could close up the neat little bow, but it appears that we may never know why she did it. Maybe she doesn't know why she did it. Either way, I'm now forced to work 40 hours a week next to a cold-blooded individual. She's going to be fucking CEO someday. It's wrong how much of the edge of my seat I was getting during that. I was like, what happened, <laughs> like, what happened? What happened to her? Tell me more. Tell me more. What happened? Why Absolutely you... amazing. I <laughs> thought it was funny as fuck. That was story time with Tom. So story time with Tom. Good. <laughs> Jamie, how's your week been, my friends? Oh, my week's been it's been a little bit quiet to be honest. I've been doing a lot of working. Um, as I said, I've been Rihanna-ing. I went to see the kids on Friday. I went nice. to how was that? It was good, good fun. Lena was off school, so I went. I got there a bit earlier, so I spent a bit of extra time with Lena. Um, went out for Zach Claire's boy Zach on Sunday. Like I said, we went to Kitty Cafe and we had McDonald's and just had a chin, had a walk around. It was good fun. Uh, we've done a couple of great interviews. One you will hear not next week, but the week after. Ooh. And we've done a great interview for our friends at the Razor's Edge. And that's pretty much it. I've really done nothing. I'm, it's been a very quiet week. Even turning to Becky's, like, what have I done this week? She's like, nothing that I can think of. No, I didn't think so either. But there we are. Get ready, ready for the Holly Bobs. Get ready for the Holly Bobs. Yeah. Getting ready for Holly Bobs. But the thing you are obviously going to want to know about, sir, is my adventures in 24 with Jack. Season 8, episode 19. Just started. Oh, damn. I am going to quote the infamous Alkaline Trio and say... I was just a stupid kid last week. I take back every word that I said. Fuck me, this show's so good. Oh, I, I must have been in a slump or something last week. Or 
I don't know, but something happened every week. I've just been like, what the fuck? Who the fuck? Why is she doing this? What's going on? Chloe's in charge. President Logan's back. Russians. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, it's just so good. It's so yeah, good. Logan's back. Oh, that's a little bastard. I know. Oh. And the, oh, the scene with the, the president. <laughs> well, that wasn't very pretty. But oh, I was gutted, absolutely gutted when it worked out. And it was a postponed like tape thing. Oh, oh, my heart bled for Jack. And then the obvious thing that's just happened, my heart was bleeding for him more. Oh, you could tell this was supposed to be the last series because they're sort of making Jack be like, fuck everyone, I'm out of here. <laughs> Wait for those last few episodes, mate. I can already tell. It hasn't even happened, but I just know where this is going. It's, oh, it's so good. It is. Uh, how do we say, Jeremy, how do we say it? Superb. Yeah. Oh. It is true. So do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. I haven't really done anything this week. What about you? Uh, same, pretty much. We've done some wonderful interviews. Um, but we've got one out next week, and then there's a week off, and then there's one. Yeah, one more. There's, there's a one tomorrow, or on Wednesday. That's going to be out the week after you return. So, yeah, it's all very much mental. But of course, we've also been doing bloody shitloads of uh, Razor's Edge stuff as well. So um, we've got a lot of interviews in for the Razor's Edge. So make sure you're checking them out right now. Um, I've actually got another interview for them after this. Um, so we've got a lot of it's great, it's absolutely amazing. Like, just you know, to, to help our friends out to be a part of other companies as well, to assist an interview for them as well as doing our own stuff. So, um, if you enjoy the products of the podcast, please head over to the Razor's Edge, uh, over the Razor's Edge Rocks, um, and uh, check out stuff on there as well. We've got some great interviews coming up. My interview with Ohms, uh, was just released this Tuesday, uh, with Paul Waller. Um, about how much he loves Kiss and Abba at the same time, it's absolutely fantastic. Good um, so, Jamie, funnily enough, with the Razor Edge interviews that I've done bar last night, Kiss comes up a lot. Is that the greatest band uh, on the planet? Well, I mean, that's probably going a bit too far. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, please go and check out the Razor's Edge. Uh, well, if you enjoy our show, you'll absolutely love theirs. So, and it's all music-based and all rock and metal-based. Done by the fans for the fans. Um, you catch phrases here, kids. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's definitely <laughs> worse. Um, so, uh, other than that, man, just a lot of reanimating. A lot of reanimating. We started Ted Lasso. Uh, we're two episodes oh, yes. in on Ted Lasso at the moment. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I find it's, it's a great comedy, um, but I'm also finding it's very, it can be cringe. And I'm not hmm. a big fan of cringe. So, um, I'm struggling to get through, if that makes sense. I'm watching yeah, it, yeah. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not like, I must watch the next one. It's like, oh, I'll give it a week or so, then I'll come back to it again. Um, so I've literally been binging Frasier and Gogglebox. Fair enough. Because it's easy watching. It, it's hilarious, and it's just nice to chill to. It's nice so, to have just like a chill program, and it? it's just like, ah, I'll put it yeah. on one out. Just, it's, just, it's, it's just there. It is. Frasier, I, well, I just watch it like I'm like glued. Maybe that's going to be a chill like that. Pissing myself laughing is so good. I'd love to get Instagram on this show. It'll be oh. absolutely unbelievable. That'll be huge. Um, but yeah, other than that, I watched uh, the Scottish beat the Spanish in football last night. That was absolutely unbelievable. 
Unreal. It's the European qualifiers football. Spain have lost twice since 2006. In oh, wow. So we added third time for Charles. Yeah, it was an incredible, incredible game. So everyone's going to be sulking when I go there next week then. Stupid fucking Scottish. Maybe, maybe, because they were giving it, the, the Spanish players were giving it a bit of, the grass was too long, I kept falling over. Oh, fuck off. It's just too long. Is, what? Well, I, this is why I don't really do football much, because it's just full of whinges and, you know, fucking, oh, he blew on me and I've broken my spinula. Um, well. Yeah, no. Yeah, so yeah, yeah maybe. I'm not so I watch the international games, but otherwise I'm not so like I'm not really asked. Um, yeah, so that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, um, that's about it, really, my friends. To be honest, it's not a lot's really been going on. Just a lot of um, just a lot of personal stuff. It's a quiet week lately, but that's never a bad thing. Never a bad thing. No, I, I suppose. I suppose now we're all caught up. We better go check up with this this man right here. Yes, going in from Braden to stay cozy, come man. What's been going on? All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Berry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boy. Oh. The best advert ever, Jamie. Ever. Completely agree. Um, but now it's time for your favorite segment of the week. Yeah, it is. It's time to count the features. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you. And Callum's treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. Callum is back once again to treach the nation. All the wonderful nonsense that comes out of his brain and his mouth. So let's begin. Jamie. Mm-hmm. What is Callum Trichiners this week? It's more acceptable to wear zero shoes than one shoe. <laughs> I mean, it's got a point. It's definitely more acceptable. It, it, yeah. Because I think people think... But then again, do people think you're more mental if you walk around in socks and barefoot outside or they think you're more mental with one shoe on? Will they think you're homeless if you've got one shoe? Depends if you're just walking normally or you're hopping on that one foot that's got a shoe on. Then it's nothing worse than walking on concrete barefoot anyway. This is very true. Yeah, also, also walking in just one shoe feels so weird. I don't know how anyone can actually yeah. do that. I don't know what this is demonstrating, but it's... It's, it's a world champion <laughs> hopper. Yes, that is exactly what it is. But I used to, there used to be a famous person in Birmingham called Pete. Pete the Feet he was known as because he never wore shoes or socks. And no one thought he was weird. Granted, they gave him The Feet as his nickname. But he was just Pete. Everyone knew him, and he wasn't that weird. But I imagine if you walked around with only one shoe on, they probably would have thought it was a bit weird. If people walk around one, yeah, if people walk around one shoe on, flamingos would be very impressed. They're- like, yeah. um, they're learning. <laughs> they're, 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 look at them. Tony, look, he's, they're adjusting. They're adjusting to our kind, but I bet you can't do that in water. <laughs> no. You should get wet. Nothing yeah. worse than a wet sock. We know. You <laughs> land walking fuck. You have no <laughs> chance in the pond here with us. No, absolutely. <laughs> land walking fuck. <laughs> Tony, are they copying us? Are they taking the piss? His dyed his hair blonde and pink as well. 
What's going on? Is he taking the fucking piss out of this, Tony? If he turns up in a pink leotard, I'm going to knock him out. I'm just telling you, Tony. I'm just going to knock him out. <laughs> I think it's more mental to wear one shoe than none. I agree, definitely. It's definitely more mental to wear one shoe. And it feels more mental to walk in one shoe than doing <laughs> Yeah, because you're <laughs> fucking I'm lopsided and weird. I'd rather be like, ah. Then like, I do this all the time. Like, say we've forgot something in the car, so I need to quickly run out. Like, I can't be asked to put my shoes on. I walk out and I'm literally just like, 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 I should just put my shoes on. You do that. You do that weird hoppy type mental like run shit, don't you? Like when you're trying to cross road and a car's coming really quickly or something. (laughs) The weird like long legged runs. The weird like yeah, it's not really a run, but it's not like it's not a walk. It's just I don't want to fuck it. It's kind of. It hurts, hurts too much to run, but you want to walk faster than a walk, so your body just makes this weird amalgamation. Yeah, it's like your legs have gone before your body can get there. It's <laughs> fucking hurts, let's get there! <laughs> still. Anyway, we move on. What else, Jamie? Is Callum treating us this week? The invention of the golf cart turned out to be more popular than the sport itself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, jackass. <laughs> Do you reckon, though, people are only playing that sport just to drive the carts? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I've often thought, it must be cool to drive around in a golf cart, but I've never thought, I want to go play golf. So, Yeah, it's not the last thing on my mind, but I reckon they do it, and then I reckon they're absolutely wankers about it as well. You're walking. Pop, <laughs> pop, and all that. You don't see what I'm driving here, Dave. Yes, lovely. <laughs> it's a little cartage, you know. Oh, but you have to be a member. You have to be a member. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, you listen here, Rupert. I'm I'm sick of your bullshit, okay? (laughs) I'm sick of the way you talk down to me all the time, okay? Yes, but you're (laughs) a member, Dave, all right? People with really posh twatty names like mine only get membership here. Quentin! Yes, I mean, you've seen Dave. (laughs) For the state of him, yes. (laughs) It's an exclusive club. He's only here because his friend brought him. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to play this game that requires no skill whatsoever apart from twatting a ball with a tiny stick. Yes, wonderful. <laughs> oh. and I'm going to twat it as far as I fucking can. <laughs> wonderful. It's gone 250 yards. I'll just get in my car, shall I, Dave? I'll see you down there in about a year. <laughs> Who fancies duck? Ask me the other golf club that does the exact same thing, but it's shaped a bit differently. Because, you know... Mm. I wanted to hit it, wants a driver to hit it smack yeah. it fucking miles, and then wants like a wedge to chip it out of stuff. And then you've got different irons for whatever fucking I don't know. I'm not a golfer. There's gonna be some golfing fans that are like, you people are pricks. How dare you <laughs> desecrate our sport? I spent seven grand on this bag of clubs. It's too heavy and too bulky to put anywhere. <laughs> so I hire I hire a peasant to walk it for me. That's the one that gets me, yeah. The, ga- the caddy, or whatever they call them, the person that yeah. gets to carry the clubs, like, just fucking drag your own club, you posh bastard. It's like, fuck it now. I'm too weak, Dave. I'm too weak, Quentin. I can't carry. Oh, here's Paul, the peasant. <laughs> you carry this, you really fucker. Oh, and by the way, I can't play this game my normal trousers. My normal clothes. I have to wear my checkered trousers and my jumper with no sleeves on. Paul wants a pound coin. Paul wants a pound <laughs> coin. Carry my little club, said you little bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yes, people that like golf, and that's fair. If you like golf and you enjoy it, that's fair. But I'm, it's literally a tourist sport. So not for me, thank you. 
It's really amusing. Paul went to Pangoy. They went fucking loads of money, though. Oh, yeah, I know. Right, PJ Tours and shit. There's nothing wrong with the game of golf. It's just all the bullshit that surrounds it. Like, like, <laughs> I play it before. Fucking all dreadful. Our, all our golf fans are massive goers. Um, and finally, Jamie, what else is Callum Trigius this week? Meatballs have to be the laziest named food in existence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not wrong, is it? <laughs> that and chicken what part of it is it it's chicken all right that's all you need to know <laughs> yeah but then you could say about orange that's true it's just an orange yeah <laughs> yeah i think orange might actually be up there with it as a contender what's this it's an orange why look at color it tastes like orange that's so weird it? it tastes like it. it is one and it's the color um that's so funny i said i don't know who invented that Oh, I mean, what if I just met, like, the kids just go, like, la, 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 I was passing on it and then went, oh, daddy, I've made a ball. Right, meatball, look. Meatball. Meatball. I'm going to drag them. Now, I want 50 grand for the entire ownership of the company for meatballs. <laughs> I'll offer you everything for no percent. Um... <laughs> we're originally going to call it beef ball but it sounded a bit weird well actually we're going to call it the F word but we can't say it anymore so uh, it's definitely a beef ball <laughs> that took me a minute <laughs> yeah that's what I wanted to call them but my wife said I'm a fucking prick so yeah, I wanted to call it F word you know like you know like actually weirdly thinking about it because mince is also in there yeah are they that's a conversation we don't want to be having right about now. It's just different seasonings, I think, because they're, they're a unique flavour. The Yeah, not going to say it, because, you know... Yeah, be, no, we don't, yeah. Still, we, don't, we don't say those words around here. But yeah. Even though we're um, not meaning in an offensive way, you know, it's like the people, the things that are listening would be like, they said that word, get them off the air. So, yeah. But yeah, I love it. So yeah, orange are there. I mean, chicken, it's because it is a chicken. So you can't really... So it's lazy because it's the name of the animal. Yeah, but at the same time, you've got pig, but we don't call it pig, we call it pork. True. Yeah, fair. I mean, we don't call it cow, lamb, we call it so, beef. Yeah, lamb is lamb. So lamb, the lamb's another one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Baby sheep. Um, I just love that they've got a massive sausage and when, I mean, it's really hot. <laughs> but what could we actually cook? I can't believe hot sausage is weird. So. Well, you know what? We've been we've got your chicken and you got your, your you know your lamb. Uh, just call it a dog. <laughs> Do you know what? I can't be out. We've been here for twelve fucking hours and I can't be bothered anymore with this stupid name. Just call it a fucking dog. Let's get out of it. Okay. What the fuck is it called? A hot dog? I feel like I don't want to know the origins of that name. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. It might end down a rabbit hole here, but fuck with duck penises. Okay, well, no one wants that. Exactly. <laughs> I, I shall call it meat ball. <laughs> meat ball. Meat ball. Oh, <laughs> Therefore, I am a scholar. I am a pioneer. <laughs> My life is complete. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> Fucking just killing us again. Love this man. Love this man and his clever little brain. 
We do love we do love pound restrictions. Uh, they are oh. absolutely superb every single week, Jamie. Every so, single week. Every single week. Super. So the only problem now is I have to follow. Yeah, you do. Santos Journal. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. So, Jamie. Yes. Someone just said, Coca-Cola can remove rust from metal. Imagine what it's doing to your body. Get rid of the rust, idiot. Wait, that's not how it works. <laughs> well, hmm, let's see. I've been drinking this soda now and my body's rust free. Not sure where you're getting your facts from. That's a fucking good point. It's a very, very good point. So if anyone's got like pins in their elbows and shit, they ain't getting rusty if you keep drinking Coke. Exactly. Coke for healthy joints? <laughs> Would like to point out we are not medical professionals. I may work in a hospital, yeah. but doesn't mean I know shit all about health. Don't take That's advice exactly. from us. <laughs> That reminds me, I was, uh, when I was working earlier, uh, one of my delegates asked me to come on the podcast to talk about data and healthcare, and I was like, eh, it's not really that kind of podcast, I'll be honest. <laughs> if you want us to look at you and go, huh? Good job. <laughs> you know what you should do, Jeremy? You know what you should do? This is definitely for you. You should ask a rival dad if he likes his vehicle, then tell him you're considering getting one for your daughter when she turns 16. Absolutely brutal. <laughs> So I can't really do that because they go, what about your vehicle? And they go, you leave my push by Colonia. <laughs> yes, healthy driving. Healthy driving. I like that. I'm stealing that. Do you know what, right, Jamie? UK holidays are too expensive to be in the UK. This like, true. I get St. Ives is nice, but sure not £500 a night and you can still see a Tesco and Royal Mail vans. <laughs> Uh, what is what I love your holiday in the UK you're like oh it's nice to be away but there's so many things that remind you of home and then when you go abroad you're like oh fuck man there's a Tesco isn't that wonderful let's take a picture of Tesco in Spain fucking British people every there's time no pleasing British people no it literally looks like a restaurant you go I don't want that foreign book you got any chips <laughs> yeah fish and chips please my fuck's sake. My dad came around yesterday. We were talking about the holiday we're going to in Spain. And he was like, it's a lovely Italian restaurant. I was like, we're going to Spain. Why are we going to an Italian restaurant? Where else in Spain are you going? Uh, Mercia. Oh, nice. About an hour away from Alicante, apparently. Stunning. It was my, uh, someone I know just got back from Alicante. It was 27 degrees. So enjoy that. Yeah, I've been looking at the weather. Yesterday it was like 27, 28 degrees most day. I was like, it's bloodstock all over again. Woo! Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing about European countries is you get breezes and wind and that sort of thing. You don't get like in the UK where it's just a dome of heat. Although apparently it's forecast of rain on our first weekend there. I bet it's like, I bet it's like hot rain though. Would be lush. Probably. <laughs> It'd be like in a shower. <laughs> yeah. But Jamie, I was walking in the jungle, right? And I saw this lizard on his hind legs telling jokes, which I found weird. So I turned to the local tribesman and said, that, that lizard's really funny. And he went, mate, that's not a lizard. It's some chameleon. Oh, 
don't know if that is one of the best or worst jokes you've ever told. That was great. Fucking that hell. That was fucking great. <laughs> but going on to another point, right? Why is spending hours on right move looking at houses you could never afford so fun? Oh, it's the 13 million three bedroom flat in Mayfair. Yeah, I'm not really sure the layout's right for my IKEA coffee table. <laughs> when we were looking to buy a house, we always used to just look at the most bizarre shit we could find. You've got to. It's just fun to look inside of other people's houses as well. Just why not? Let's go to buy one day. That's a story for another time. Now, I don't mind you, Jamie. But if I was an Italian plumber, whose girlfriend was constantly being imprisoned in castles by an evil fire-breathing lizard. I would simply not take part in recreational go-kart races with aforementioned lizard. What way to try and get her back? <laughs> Racing? It's such a weird... <laughs> it's such a weird concept, isn't it? You keep seeing my missus, you bitch. What the fuck are you doing here? Well, you fancy a race? Yeah, all right, The only thing is, Bowser, I might throw tortoise shells and banana skins at you. Yeah, it's fine. It's all part of the race, isn't it? <laughs> you get all your mates involved. We make it a tag team, but sure, why the yeah, fuck, fuck not? It. Get yeah. everyone in. <laughs> you, can, you can bring Waluigi and Wario in if you want from the alternative universe. <laughs> How many times does Bowser need to kid, kidnap Peach now? Like, just take the fucking hint, mate. She don't want you. Do you know what, Jamie? Right? I'm so thankful to have such a great boss. We want to congratulate, send congratulations out to Jonathan Warrington for being the employee of the month. Jonathan will get a three-day and night all-expenses-paid hunting and fishing trip to Arkansas for his hard work. So, let's reiterate. This is my brother's page. He owns his own company. He is the boss. He is literally the only employee. <laughs> Basically, I'm going on holiday and I wanted this to sound good. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely fantastically written. <laughs> that is superb. <laughs> I'll give you a couple more. <laughs> Six-year-old. Daddy, do dragons fart fire? Look, I don't know. I thought you went to college. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I want to know that, man? Just that good, do they? I want to know. The dragon's heart fire? I mean, they're not real, mate, so uh, probably not. No, probably. that's a good point, actually. Yeah, why am I thinking this through so much they're not real? Yeah. Oh, my God, do they actually do? <laughs> do they actually? If they were to exist... <laughs> oh, well, they don't. Never mind. I could just write it and it makes it true. And finally, Jamie, one for you, because this made no sense to me. I had to write re reread it about 15 times to make sense of it. My toddler... Asked me to give her chicken nuggets a checkup. After giving all the nuggets a medical exam, I realised my toddler was asking for ketchup. <laughs> well, I don't know what's more painful is the fact that that is something I would do, or. <laughs> 
the fact that that person didn't realise he wanted... The fact the kid didn't stop him either to go... No, yeah, I think the kid was going, Daddy, why are you doing? <laughs> I know if that was a live be like, no, I want tomato sauce. Sort it. Because she's a bossy turd. She's got like the fucking defibrillator. Boops. Oh, yeah, it's... Daddy, I want to get a checkup. Yeah, it's what I'm doing, love. Going to be some 15... Mills of Ebenethron stat. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> dead, love. I'm sorry. It's just not saving it. Yeah, it's fine. Here you go. You can eat that one. <laughs> and that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Beautiful, beautiful journal. Thank you very much. Sir. I thoroughly <laughs> appreciate it. It's getting a lot harder to find funny shit on the internet these days. I'm not going to lie. With how many episodes we've done now, I'm like, fuck, I'm really running out of <laughs> But you know, if I keep providing, I always will. So it's always a nice little uh, bit of je ne sais quoi to the end of the show. So, okay. Um, but I do think now I should go and get that piece up from over there. Oh, we definitely should. Absolutely. Welcome to the Chronicles of Becky Baldwin. Becky Baldwin is an incredible musician and possibly the busiest bass player in all of the UK. She's part of two incredible bands being Hands Off Gretel and Fury. And most recently, she got to live out an absolute dream of touring North America as part of this little rock band. You may have heard of them called Merciful Fate alongside King Diamond and Co. What an incredible, incredible opportunity that was. And we got to sit down and talk to Becky all about her career, her life, and how this bloody opportunity came about. This is phenomenal. Yeah, Becky, thank you so much for taking the time out to sit and chat to us. I really hope that you enjoyed Abba Voyage and Devin Townsend that I know you've been to recently. So, uh, yeah, and uh, we shall see you April 29th at the Primordial Festival. Looking forward to seeing Fury. Jamie! Yes, sir. Any final words at all? Just a massive thank you to Becky. And if those are the, any of you people are listening who are at Bloodstock, you can finally get the answer to the question. Who the hell is Becky Baldwin? Yeah, absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Becky Baldwin. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you another incredibly talented guest. As we all know, my hometown of Birmingham is the home of metal, and this week's guest is further proof as to why. As soon as I heard that filthy bass line open into the song Burnout by Fury, I knew we had to talk to that bass player. So we are. Playing with bands like Fury, Hands Off Gretel, and recently getting to live a real-life version of Rockstar featuring Mark Wahlberg by playing are playing and performing the iconic Merciful Fate. It's the lady who had a feel of people in Derbyshire ask, who the hell is Becky Baldwin? Boys and girls, this week, join us as we bring you the chronicles of Becky Baldwin. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Just real quick, because the bloodstock thing, when you got over the tannoy, everyone was like, oh, someone's getting proposed to. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, everyone was like, oh, is there going to be someone going on stage if I can propose today? Yeah, crazy. What, do, why did they announce it? Just that, were you missing or? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
no, I think they they, they were interested in um, in documenting it and kind of showing how like it it was kind of spontaneous. Like it was it wasn't okay. really um, planned ahead of time, and I was surprised on the day with um, with being asked about doing this thing. And they, they, you know they couldn't announce then and there that I was going to be playing bass with them, uh, but they wanted just to. I don't know, start a bit of like people talking about the whole thing. And um, I don't, you know, I don't know whether the, what happened, what people were talking about was what they wanted them to talk about, but they were just interested to see what people would say about it. And um, just, I don't know, stir a bit of uh, intrigue into the whole situation. And yeah. it, it kind of worked. Like I was, what, I was reading some of the Bloodstock forums and stuff and um, what people were, the ideas they were throwing around about, what they thought it was going to be and it was quite funny <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well i think we should uh take a quick step back we will get to the whole merciful fate stuff but we like to we like to chronologically do shit because we're just weird and i think I'll maybe have some form of adhd i'm not entirely sure anyway just mad. um and <laughs> um, take us back to the pandemic then your pandemic season as it were like how how have the last few years been for you um so yeah the pandemic season was like definitely um a struggle because I was taking more of a turn with my work towards live music um uh, I mean you know I, I've always been like uh playing live as my career uh but I'd I turned more less um towards like function bands and more towards original bands and my original bands had tours coming up to promote new EPs and new albums so there was a lot like invested in terms of time and money into these tours coming off and you know being as successful as they had been you know in the, in the way they'd been going before so it it was a big shock and it was um very difficult to deal with just like it, it was just not knowing uh when we were going to come back to it at first when it was like oh it's a few months like okay we'll have to postpone this like this sucks like uh, you know a lot of bands uh, in my kind of level, just wouldn't think of cancelling a gig, like would do anything to make a gig go ahead. If someone's ill, someone's like, you know, broken their leg, you just go and do it or um, you always find a way. But um, having to like pull a whole tour and not knowing when you could move it to was like very scary and uh, moving it and then having to move it again and again as uh, lockdowns yeah. continued. That was, yeah, it was really hard. I mean, I, I adapted in any ways that I could. I started doing a uh, Patreon stuff, started doing more online stuff, like reaching more of an online audience. So with Fury in particular, we were very much used to just tour all the time and play and have, we have a big fan base in the UK really, like it's going well, but we hadn't thought about online stuff as much and being having that opportunity to speak to all of our, fans online and then uh have the opportunity opportunity to grow those fans online uh did make a big difference to the band we start, suddenly started seeing that we're sending new cds to uh all, loads of countries all, all over the world so you know th there, there was good things that came of it but definitely it was a bad thing overall <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah I, did, I felt so sorry for musicians during that time I can, you can guarantee there's probably some of the older bands that was like, oh, rest for five minutes. I quite like this idea. <laughs> but then there's others, like you say, you're trying to get that name out of there, get touring, you've got all this stuff playing. You're like, oh, shit, I guess I'll sit at home in my pants. And 
Yeah, you get a bit of momentum and then it just like it just kind of stunts you. You don't really know what you're meant to be doing now. You're like, okay, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. What what can you plan for when you can't really make a plan because you don't know how the world is going to look in in the next like six months to a year. Um, and that that was the thing that started getting worse and worse when it became like more than nine months a year when it came into its second year and it was like is there even a future in music is there a, a career in music that we're actually that's feasible for any of us and like knowing that Brexit was at the end <laughs> end of that following year like um it, I, I don't know yeah it was very difficult times um but you know at least like there are a lot of bands still going um you know my, my bands did just about survive <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's so many bands that didn't. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, because there was no money put into the, the art, solid music industry at all. Like venues were closing down. Uh, and like you say, when it came to second year, everyone was like, are we actually going to get out of this? Is this actually going to be around forever? Because, you know, after when you get to like a November lockdown and it locked down like in early of like 21, I think it was, and you're just like, fuck, we're not going to be here forever now. This is just going to be it. This is going to be normal. Everyone's going to stay yeah. away from each other. You know, we're not going to have really like, depressing. Yeah. yeah, it was just a depressing season as well to be stuck inside all the time. Like normally when you have these, you know, darker days and like, you know, uh, like very cold nights, you get you get together and you kind of hang out and do things together. But um, having the whole winter on your own and just like not allowed to see anyone. I think a lot of my friends and myself uh, were all losing our minds a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You found it there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's not 100% sure, but we <laughs> But Becky, take us back to the days of young Miss Baldwin. What did young Becky want to be when she was growing up? Was it Has it always been music for you or was it something completely different originally? Um, when I was like very young, I wanted to be a vet because uh, I really love animals and I, I still do. I still would love to work with animals one day, but... Um, I don't know you have to be quite clever to be a vet and like <laughs> I, I was doing quite well you know um at school and stuff and then it got to a point where I was like I've discovered rock music now and I don't want to study anymore <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I was just like no metal is my whole personality now like I I don't want to do anything else and um yeah once I got more into music and stuff it, it I realized that that was more suited to my intellect <laughs> what, um, what actually what drew well, you to maybe one music? day i'll do so sorry <laughs> what actually what actually drew you to music what made you go and go when you, as soon as you discovered metal went fuck that's it that's what exactly what i wanted to do um i think i don't know i guess just like watching other bands and um just the feeling you get when you're watching a live uh, a live band so i you know with my parents when I was a kid we always went to like local uh local village festivals and saw bands and things and I just it was just like the biggest thrill to see people playing and playing really cool music and you just always picture yourself doing that kind of thing and be yeah. like yeah I could do that and like people will think I'm cool as well so um and then you know as my taste then kind of developed more into the kind of music I listen to now then I, you know, you, you were really idolizing these particular people, these characters, like, um, like Lemmy, I was always really thought like the, he made the bass so cool. Um, and people like that, Alice Cooper, 
um these, these kind of like bands that you kind of entry level of the kind of older uh heavy metal and shock rock and classic rock that kind of thing so uh, just i don't know really interesting to a young person who's into kind of horror and i don't know kind of the darker side of life i guess and like you always feel a bit different and and suddenly uh those feelings of being on the outside and um a bit discluded from I don't know, like your like your group in in school and stuff. You start being like, well, those people don't look like everyone else, but everyone thinks they're cool still. <laughs> well, not everyone, <laughs> but uh, there are lots of people that think they're cool. And I don't know, you just kind of want to pursue that kind of. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I don't know whether it is like, oh, I want people to like look up to me and and think that I'm really super cool because I, I don't know if it's that. It's just uh, just something really exciting about playing music and being on stage and all of that stuff. I, I get it. That's, that is exactly why I think the metal community is, is why they call it a community. You don't have the R&B community, you know, it, but for the metal fans, you do say a metal community because it is like that. You say, I'm different. They're different. Oh, they're also different. Ah, friends. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's beautiful. I love that. But how is it you fell into the world of metal? Was it your parents introduced to that or was it friends group? Um, it was, it, it was mostly like the, the internet and, uh, we got like Sky TV at home, like before it was just kind of what's on radio and, uh, what's on top of the pops and, and, you know, just stuff that you end up like listening to there. Uh, but when we got Sky TV and they had like Scuzz and P-Rock and Kerrang, then I just kind of discovered some of these and we recently just got the internet as well. And I was like, I could look up all of these artists and download them on LimeWire and Kazaa and ruin my family computer. <laughs> um, sorry, Lars, I didn't. I didn't download. I bought your albums actually, <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and then just down a complete rabbit hole. Like, I guess you know the first bands would be Metallica, um, Evanescence, Linkin Park, that kind of thing. Then I really latched onto Metallica. They were like my favorite band like ever for years, and then down a huge rabbit hole with all like the message boards that were around at the time, uh, kind of working my way back from that, like discovering the bands that influenced Metallica and the kind of heavier bands from, from that. And um, yeah, so it was like, you know, my parents do listen to rock music. My dad's more into kind of like Hawkwind and, and a, a lot of like, I don't know, he's into a, a range of stuff, but I feel like we all kind of discovered um, the kind of alternative and, and metal stuff around the same time just because like suddenly uh everything's opened up because of the internet and because of uh these extra music channels and things p-rock does not get enough love I yeah love it was too channel. short-lived <laughs> very much so i forgot all about p-rock to be fair <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it was one of like the smaller channels and then it kind of disappeared or got like it got turned into something else that wasn't quite as good but yeah I was there. Showing <laughs> <laughs> my um, age now. <laughs> so, um, what age? Oh, sorry. Come on. Are you good to get? I was going to say Kazar as well. Just took, it just took me back a little bit. I was like, bloody hell. I remember those days, <laughs> teenage days, VHSs in, yeah. just record scuds for hours. Yeah. Oh. oh, when you download songs that, that are like mislabeled. And so you think they're this <laughs> by this band. And then the years later, you're like, oh, this is Judas Priest. I thought this was. <laughs> this other band like 
uh, it was mislabeled. It was on my MP3 player for years. <laughs> <laughs> I just always thought it was them. <laughs> oh, so good. We <laughs> find ones that were like Metallica plus Slipknot plus Lincoln Park plus Papa Roach. Russ, and you're like, you're like, really? I don't know that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, and it turns out it's just some like rubbish local oh. bands that were just like yeah. using the <laughs> a plan to like just get on everyone's. It's, it's a virus. It's actually just a virus. It's no yeah. Yeah. computers melts like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, but at what age did you start decide to start playing an instrument? Uh, so I got my bass, uh, my first bass for my 13th birthday. So that was when I started doing like a rock instrument. Uh, before then, I played a little bit of piano and keyboards and stuff. Oh, but I wasn't very good at it. And I didn't, I wasn't very good at like practicing. I, I, I don't know. I kind of ran out of steam quite a lot and got bored of it and moved on. And then I'd stop for a few months and I'd be like, oh, no, I want to come back to it. And I start again. Um, so, yeah, the discipline was not there for piano. But once I picked up a bass I was like yep I have a million things that I want to learn on this instrument and let's go <laughs> so yeah it, it really kind of captured what I wanted to do when as soon as I found bass guitar I love that why bass though one because obviously everybody initially goes for guitar straight away that's everyone's first ever that go to and then they normally either go to drums or play bass because they have to but <laughs> Well, I don't mean that. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to sound like a prick, by the way. I'm not. You know, everyone's got you know, shits on the basis, but like, why bass? I'm just intrigued. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess really it was because um some of my friends at school started playing guitar, um and my sister started playing guitar as well, and I was like, I want to join in, but they already have guitarists. Like, there's already loads yeah. of um. <laughs> like, how can I join in but not be copying you? Um. And I don't know if my parents will let me have a drum kit. So like, what what's, what else can I do? And they're like, well, you try bass. I'm like, what is bass? And <laughs> and then I started like being like, oh, okay, that's a, that's bass. Like um, like Lemmy uh, in, in Hawkwind and, and Motorhead and stuff. And like that cool guy with the cool mustache from the darkness, that's a bass player. And I'm like, oh, bass players are cool. I like, I like these guys. Um, and, and then, yeah, it really stuck. I was like, nope. Nope, bass, bass is fine by me. Like, I don't need to, I, I don't have any interest in the guitar or the drums or the vocals or anything else. Um, that was fine with me. But um, yeah, so it wasn't really like, I just, I, it didn't draw me in immediately, I guess. But once I kind of got what it was, I identified more, I think, with the the bass player of the band. Like they kind of, they, I don't know, they, they're not in like the forefront, <clears throat> I guess, so much, but they've got a kind of quiet, understated coolness about them. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I think anyway. So, I don't know, like System of a Down, like a Shavo or a Shavo, whatever you call it, like with the, like, the, the cool beard. And, uh, you know, those are the kind of bass players I was seeing at the time. And I was like, no, they're still cool. Like they may not be the one who, not everyone knows their name. They might be focusing on the other members, but like they've got something really cool going on. And like, I aspire to be like that. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I think bass is great. You can get some, some, some sick fucking riffs on bass guitar. It's unreal. Yeah. I remember a band called Whit, do you remember a band called Whitmore? Yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. always had bass solos. And you're like, this awesome. is fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's a blast from the past. I haven't listened to them since 
I don't know, since I was like 13, 14. Wow. Yeah, I don't, think they're on, I don't even think they're on Spotify at all. I think Alison oh, really? might be, oh. the song Alison, but I don't think oh, anything else that. is. That was a banger. <laughs> that was a great banger. YouTube after this, Becky, that's what we were doing. <laughs> yeah, yes. So I'm going to deep dive into like early 2000s um, alternative rock. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get P-Rock back. Just put P-Rock in and just yeah. <laughs> live the dream again. <laughs> point did you go like okay this is cool i got a bass i could play my sister my friends this is awesome to go no i want this to be my future this will be my career i want to be a professional bass player um i think it kind of it probably even came before getting the bass it was kind of like i i'm going to become a, a professional bass player i want to be one of those people so i need to get a bass first and then and then i'll do that <laughs> so so yeah it was kind of as soon as i had got into that kind of music the kind of rock music i, I wanted to do that th thing like becoming a musician mm. um and then it was just okay how do i do that like what instrument do i do which what which bass do i get what stuff do i learn and and then this band whole thing um going into it that way but yeah I, I really wanted to do it as my job uh already um and yeah like I don't know I guess at, at the start I think I could have taken it or leave left it like the whole am I going to be a vet or am I going to be a rock star I think it was like <laughs> which one shall I choose I was like yeah both would be fine but um uh yeah like I think I kind of knew that I'd be heading in that direction that was more exciting to me at the time <laughs> I love that. We laughed that up, but that, that is really inspirational. People listen to this, you know, like young age went, I want to be a bass player. What does it take? Okay, I'll do that. Sorted. Hey, I'm now a bass player. I'm on stage. <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah. had your plan and followed it. And that, that is awesome. I love that so much. Thank you. <laughs> so you went on to study uh, professional musicianship at Bristol. Um, what is that? Um. I, yeah, it's a very like catch-all uh term so you learn like you, you do have lessons on your instrument so you'll uh learn about like uh session playing in, in your instrument so like a session bass player if you needed to fill in for someone or do a recording session or something like this uh so you'd mm -hmm. learn all different styles of music this was uh so it, this was a, a bim and it's all contemporary music so it's everything from like 50s to, to current day kind of music uh, compared to a lot of other music degrees which are more like based in classical music and stuff like this um, but you know you can kind of study your area of specialism uh, for me actually I, I, I uh, looked into musical theatre because I was kind of interested in that kind of musical theatre pit work kind of stuff um, uh, but you know you, you also can take a course in like a module in teaching um, you take a module on business, like how to understand contracts and uh, commercial band management, stuff like this. So like lots of different ways, they kind of show you all the different ways you can make money and succeed as a musician. And then you just kind of pick your area and go and pursue that. I hope that makes oh. sense. Yeah, no, it, no, it is. It is. It's just a very weird name for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it, it, I don't know, like when people say like, oh, what do you do for your job then? And you're like, oh, I'm a musician. Like, they're like, well, what does that actually entail day to day? And you're just like, oh my God. Like, it's either <laughs> like, there's so many little things that you just, oh, I do a bit of this. And then I did that for a few hours and I did this. Um, but yeah, it is quite hard to be like, this is my job on this day. It it very much varies 
throughout like the time of year and everything so yeah it's yeah. just all these little avenues that you need to like learn a bit about and, and see where you fit into the music industry because you know there's so many different um roles in the music industry that you know you might find you're you're going there pursuing i'm learning drums or something like this then you find out oh actually i'm a better booking agent or i'm a better like lighting design you know you could do something else that's adjacent to the music industry but you have a degree in it so um that helps <laughs> <laughs> it totally doesn't help but no it does help <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's that can be like so invaluable i can imagine though in doing the career oh, you've yeah. done so far because you know there's a mad probably a ton of people going i want to be a bass player okay should we start a band sweet should we go play shows in a pub yeah sure and that you know you don't know what to do past that so yeah having that information must be amazing to be fair yeah I mean I could have ended up stuck in that situation so um when I finished uh, secondary school I really wanted to just finish there get a part-time job and just like form a band work with my band and like we'll figure it out you know um but like my parents said like come on just like check out some of these music you know you know you can still do music but get a degree it'll be a good idea and I was like ah. and then I went along to one of the open days and I was like oh no this is pretty cool actually I, I could see myself doing this and I'm so glad I did because like I was so clueless about the, like everything that was to do with like running a band or you know playing professionally in any way so although I, you know I, I was laughing about how it really helps to have a degree. The degree itself doesn't really, like for some people it might help you get a certain job, but most of the time, you know, you're self-employed. Nobody cares like what what degree you've got. Mm. Um, but just all the information is just, uh, yeah, I don't think I'd be able to do any of this without moving to Bristol, being immersed by music and all these music professionals that I met there. Um, and yeah, building those relationships with other musicians that I later on ended up working with and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, growing up in a small town, um, like village, there wasn't many musicians there. And at that time I was like, I don't know any like bass players that are much better than me. Like I've got this sorted. I don't know any other, but I didn't know any <laughs> other bass players. Like there weren't any. <laughs> so, um, you know, you have to go into a bigger pond and like see, um, what other people are doing to be like okay no I get I get what I actually have to do to succeed um so you know even like what I've done so far like by no means so like my bands aren't big we're we're playing like the you know we're getting onto the bigger festivals but we're like right down here in tiny writing and stuff like this like we've not made it but um I, I wouldn't have really been even been able to get this far if it wasn't for the things I learned at university so yeah it it, it is good it is like just really good knowledge but it's like you don't need a degree to do it and it's not like the degree has given me that it's the knowledge and the people I met I could imagine on your first day to turn up again hi my name's Becky I'm the best pace player in my village granted I'm the only yeah. one but I'm the best so yeah, you're gonna yeah. love me <laughs> yeah and then like <laughs> watch everyone else play they'll be like oh <laughs> you're gonna go and cry in the toilets now <laughs> That actually happened. <laughs> well, I didn't say I didn't say I'm the best. I just went in and was like, "Oh, hi, nice to meet everyone." And then like everyone kind of played a bit, and then I was like, "Excuse me, I'm going to hide in the toilets for the rest of today." <laughs> oh no way! 
Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just like calling my parents, like, I think I don't think I'm right for this. I'm gonna come home. And they're like, you have to stay. You have to stay. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I think I was probably the most improved bass player of, of my year group. So <laughs> that's all right. Because <laughs> I no. don't think I did not have uh yeah I just uh, there was a lot of things that was just kind of missing from my knowledge because there wasn't really a bass teacher in uh, where I was like growing up there was like a few bass you know there weren't it was guitar teachers that would also teach a bit of bass so hmm. I learned how to like jam along with a guitarist who's playing chords and I can like jam along on the bass but I didn't learn like slap style I didn't learn anything that's very like specifically bass orientated stuff so when they kind of came to those parts of the like degree course I was like yeah I'm back to like square one lesson one like how do I do this <laughs> <laughs> what does it do again can you remind me what this is what do I do with it <laughs> but now you could find all those people you studied with and then did you just tour with merciful fate no I did <laughs> I <laughs> I was looking at your website and um some of the early recordings was Howard Sinclair tracks this control of storm. Is that the session work you're referring to earlier, that sort of stuff? Uh, so the, the Howard Sinclair stuff uh, was, so yeah, that was like a, a folk rock musician um, that was uh, in Bristol when I was uh, working there. And we kind of like, I started playing with him and then I agreed to record on his album and stuff. But uh, no, I was in a band called Triaxis. Uh, when did I join? 2014. And then we did that album, Zero Hour, and it kind of kind of disbanded around what was it, 2018, I think. Um, and then also Control the Storm, the Beast Inside album. Uh, I was with them for that. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of like I was with them for, for a number of years. And then either, uh, so Triaxis kind of disbanded and I left Triaxis, uh, sorry, I left Control the Storm in like 2016, I think it was. Ooh. Just kind of too busy really the schedules and, and things like um i was also working with uh, a punk band called i destroy and I, at one point i was in like seven bands and it was a bit mad because <laughs> yeah. obviously majority of people like because like, obviously you're a session basis on you play for anybody that'll be like can you help us with this like either so obviously you play with fury and hands of growl is that correct yeah yeah so, so those are the what, two bands that i'm in yeah amazing what made you want to do bit of both because not I think normally people just go oh, I'm in this band and that's it whereas obviously you've gone off and gone okay well somebody wants me for a bit of jazz and I might go and do a bit of urban and then maybe do a bit of folk and then maybe go over here and do I, d I don't know um my brain's gone uh like the steel drum it music I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> any genre of music Tom any yeah, genre right. of music <laughs> my brain was like I was like come on what what what's it what's you know native to Africa come on brain thing and my brain's going no sorry Tom you're on your own you're on your own that's all we'll go with steel drums I'm pretty sure they're Jamaican but it's fine don't worry about it we'll keep going with it anyway um but so I think my original question was how come you wanted to, to, to dabble in both worlds um I, I guess it was the natural progression of coming from university and doing it because in university they're very encouraging of doing as many different styles as you can and try them all out and try and improve on uh, on all of those and because you're gearing up to become a full-time professional musician you're um 
you know, you're kind of got, got your fingers in quite a few pies. You're trying to figure out what's what's right for you. And so, like, especially for when I came out of uni, I was trying to, like, you know, do music as full time, my only job, full time thing. Uh, whereas, like, my band members that you're with, they may have a day job and then do the band on the side. And it's like, well, I need to be in other bands to make this work. I've got a lot more time to put in than mm. you do. So I can put my time into some other things as well. So, you know, I might be doing that and like, you know, so you might be doing some recording and then some playing with like covers bands and function gigs. Uh, and so like, it always came to a point where I'd be like, okay, I'll do that. And I've got a bit of time for this. And I, I might just like dip for a band. So like, before I joined Hands Off Gretel, I was filling in uh, with them for a summer. Um, and then at the end of it, they asked me to join. And I was like, oh, actually, like I did have a lot of fun doing this. And like you guys have a really good work ethic. And I wanted to join. Same with Fury. I depped for them for um, uh, a tour. And then at, at the end of the tour, their permanent bass player was leaving. And so they asked me to join. And again, I was like, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> I had a bit of a difficult time. Like just stopping once I get going you know once you've learned all the songs and you've got you know you're getting a bit of um, uh, friendship with the band members it's hard to <laughs> stop so um, yeah like that just the natural way of going and over time like when I was in a lot of bands it was kind of like okay all these bands want to play the weekends and I only have this many weekends per year and as certain bands got busier it meant like having to let go of bands that weren't as busy or weren't right to the kind of music that I wanted to play for example so you know before I was playing with like hip-hop artists and all kinds of stuff and now it's just one metal band and one alternative rock band and I'm like okay <laughs> that's like that's cut down quite a few from before so this this is good for me <laughs> I imagine doing that session work though it's it's probably essential I'd probably say to young musicians because they say you're learning so many different styles of music. It must be so, what's the word I'm after here? I can't think of the word I'm after, but yeah, it must be great to do it. <laughs> <laughs> rewarding, that's the word. Thank you, Mr. Stevens. You can't think yes. of his own words, but you can think of mine. But yeah, it must be really rewarding getting to learn all these new skills. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those can all feed into, you know, different genres and stuff. Like uh, I was really into a lot of, uh, the the funk stuff the kind of cover span stuff i was doing that was a lot of like funk influence stuff and you know sometimes i love a little funky bass line in the metal um metal songs i'm recording or you know you have a cool blues thing we got a nice walking bass line and i love using that stuff in in fury bass lines because it just uh, adds so much more color to, compared to just like oh just follow the guitar just do a riff stay on the root note if you can like walk around with it that's like really fun so you know doing all those different types of music um just makes you the bass player you are like which bits of which genres do you want to just like throw together <laughs> <laughs> how do you like remember it all it's what you know all the different styles all the different i, I suppose because you do you finger pick the finger picking or yeah do you pick oh, okay like, yeah just remember all the different all the styles and all the different ways of and how these songs get played how those songs get played and those covers get done like it's, it's incredible how you must remember everything <laughs> well i think it depends if you use it or if like it just starts going to like the foggy part of your brain you know um it, you know if you're using those skills quite often then they're always there 
ready for you and like you know if you play certain songs often you're going to remember what's going on but yeah if, if you stop using them then you're going to start forgetting those techniques and those styles so I, I you know I try and keep them in as much as possible uh, but you know because I'm also like a, a teacher that helps to kind of bring in a few different styles as well because it's like yes you have to learn this funk song yes you have to learn this blues stuff and that's a little refresher for me to be like okay yeah this is how we're supposed to be playing this so yeah there's there's always ways to bring it back up to the front of your brain I, I suppose it's like song lyrics isn't it like everyone remembers like so many songs it's crazy how you can hear us you haven't listened to a song for like six months a year you play it again and it's like bah, bah, and just remember the entire thing like where, where did that come from like what did I store that well, like some advert um, from like the late nineties that you haven't heard in <laughs> years, yeah. and then you're like, um, bongo, bongo. <laughs> I think it's in the Congo. Yes, yeah. <laughs> incredible. And yeah, it's still in there somewhere. You're like, don't know why, didn't need it, but I can still remember the Yop song and <laughs> stuff like awesome. that. Yop, me mama, yop, me mama, give me up. Yeah, once you started singing it, like all the words are coming, and you're like, I, I could keep going, I could keep going, I could do the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you stopped when you did, but like, like no, I'm so I knew, sorry. I knew you I could keep going. <laughs> Merciful Fate show, shall we? Let's, let's get on to that. Um, so, obviously, like we said at the start of this interview, the, the announcement was made at Bloodstock that somebody was either searching for you or people thought a proposal was happening. How did all this come around then? How, how did they approach you? Did you inquire? No. Um, so, I was um, watching, <clears throat> who was it? Uh, Dimmu Borgir were on, and I one of my friends was playing on like the Sophie stage earlier that day. And I know that this phone signal is really bad at Bloodstock most of the time. So I was like, I'll just wander into VIP and see if he's there because I don't think I'll be able to have a chance to texting him probably isn't going to work. So I'll just like wander around the serpent's layer bar and just do a little loop and see if he's there. And I do this little loop. And then um, my friend Sophie from painkiller clothing, uh, she comes up to me and she's like, Oh, uh, and, um, it sounds kind of random, but I, I need you to meet someone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll meet whoever you want, yeah. Um, and she's like, wait here. And I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, Livia wants to meet you. And I'm like, don't know who Livia is, but cool. Yeah, I'll meet her. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll wait. And then she's like, don't go anywhere. And I'm like, okay, very important that I meet Livia. Like, don't know who this is. Um, and then she kind of disappeared and then came back and was like, yeah, come with me, come with me. And I'm like, oh, so she's not here or she's out there. What's going on? And then I realized she's leading me to the backstage this like like the side of the main stage of Bloodstock, and I'm like, who's Livia? <laughs> I'm like, no, I need to know. <laughs> um, and like, why why are we going next to the main stage? Uh, and then uh, yeah, we go back, and I'm I'm thinking like, okay, the next band on tonight is Merciful Fate. Like they'll they're gonna be here. Like I wonder if I'll see them. And then um, I start speaking to uh, who someone who I figured out was. Uh, merciful fates manager 
And he was like, oh, do you know why you're here? And I'm like, I have no idea why I'm here. I'm meeting Libya. <laughs> uh, and they were like, oh, uh, Merciful Fate needs to speak to you. And I'm like, oh, what? Oh, my God, I'm going to meet Merciful Fate. This is incredible. Um, um, yeah, they're like, yeah, they want to ask you to come on tour. And I'm like, doing what? <laughs> Merch? What, what do they need? What do they need me for? Is it going to be some kind of like live sacrifice? Am I going to be like tied to a stake and burn? Like, I'll do it. I'm up for it. Um, but they were like, oh, no, they need a bass player. <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. I can do that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it turns out Livia is uh, King Diamond's wife. And so she's like, she, she was kind of doing a bit of like the kind of liaison and stuff and help it like kind of like his assistant on this tour. Um, and she had realized that I was at Bloodstock and a couple of days before they decided that they were thinking of asking me to do it. And cause she had heard that I was at Bloodstock. She's like, well, what we, we might as well ask her in person and like meet her and, you know, show that we're genuine about this. Um, so yeah so she knew Sophie of painkiller clothing and then sent Sophie to come and find me and luckily I was in the VIP in the serpent's lair area easily easy to be found <laughs> uh, just at that moment that she was looking for me so because we were really lucky because like that uh, last year's bloodstock was so hot I spent most of the time not in the arena actually just like trying to shelter from the sun um and the internet was so bad, like I didn't have uh, much signal. And so I, I had been messaged by Livia and a couple of other people in the Merciful Fate team. But because it was like in my other inbox on Instagram that wasn't loading up, uh, I didn't see the message. So <laughs> good job. Wow, I was nice. at, the, the, at the right place at the right time. But, but so, how did Merciful Fate even know who you were? <laughs> that was, Yeah, that was my question as well. Um, <laughs> So uh, Hank Sherman, uh, the guitarist, um, he had been following me on Instagram or he had seen my videos on Instagram or something like he'd seen my videos come up a couple of times doing covers of other bands because I was like, oh, it must have been the uh, I did a cover of Into the Coven back in like 2017. And he's like, oh, no, I didn't see that. I, I saw some other stuff. though, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, well, that's fine. That's cool. But I did do that. Like I did. I did do a pretty good cover. I think you should watch it. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, that's not in the set list. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, you must have known their songs already. You must have, I imagine. This... Um, only, I only knew Into the Coven to play, uh, but I, you know, I knew Merciful Fate quite well. Like I had the, the first album I, I'd listened to on repeat since I was like 15 or something. So I was very familiar with the first album, not as much the second one, but still knew quite a bit of them. And then the rest of the, uh, there are a couple of albums just random download from Kazar. So <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I just don't even know what band they are. Like, <laughs> but you know, a few, a few singles from like, the later albums. So yeah, there was still like a lot from someone who, you know, knows the band and like, you know, familiar with like the history, but I, I'm not like, they've been going for such a long time. There was so much to learn um, about them that I was just like kind of coming into it being like, oh, hi, yeah. Like, I've got one of the albums and I have been researching like hell since you've asked me to, to join. But um, yeah, if I, I felt, I don't know, it was just very strange, very bizarre situation. <laughs> that is so, ra oh, that's amazing. It's amazing though. But 
So this, yeah. obviously, what we said at the start, that whole can Becky Baldwin come to the stage? Did you even know that was on the screen or anything? Then? If you were backstage? So they did say, yes, we're going to. <laughs> yeah, they were like, OK, we're going to put do this thing where um, we're going to, like, call you to the stage. Um, and they were like, well, obviously, like, we, we would have tried to do this before, but we weren't sure if you'd be around. And we didn't, weren't sure if you'd actually want to get on stage because it might not be a good time for you. So we wanted to ask you just in case, like, is it okay to do awesome. that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, my brain wasn't really functioning at this point. I'd just been asked to, like, play with Merciful Fate. Um, and I was just like, I'll do anything. I'll do, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll do my best and like keep it together speaking to Bloodstock. But of course, like they didn't say what I was going to be doing. So then all the kind of rumors started coming out. I'll be like, oh, I thought we were going to get proposed to, or like, because later on in the set, um, when Merciful Fate played, he brought, uh, uh, King brought his son Byron on stage. And some people in the in the groups were like, "Oh, I thought she was the mother of that uh, that kid that came on stage." And like, oh, like, oh, I thought I thought it was like King's wife or something. And I'm just like, I'm also a bass player, you know. Like, I may be a woman, but my job <laughs> isn't just to get married and have children. <laughs> and yeah, when they said, "Oh, we're going to see more of her," it was kind of I don't know, you know. Of course, people didn't know that that was going to happen or or even that they were looking for a bass player for this situation for the, the for that tour so it, it you know it, it must have been a bit random <laughs> for those but there were some people who did know me already sorry so for those unaware why did they even need a bass player merciful Hate has a bass player yeah yeah so, yeah it was oh what well, how that happened i was gonna say so why did they even need you to play for them in the first place oh so um so their bass player is Joey Vera and he also plays in Arbid Saint and uh, Arbid Saint are kind of like his thing I think he's like one of the original members he's one of the main driving forces behind the band and because of like some Covid stuff things being moved around there was a tour um, that Arbid Saint was supporting Wasp in North America and that got moved some things got moved around and basically the Armored Saint tour and the Merciful Fate tour ended up being the same month and so uh, he couldn't really get, get out of the Armored Saint thing because it's kind of like his band. So he, he had to, they, they, you know, they, the band were happy to be like, well, we'll just find someone else just to cover that sh those shows for you. And um, yeah, that ended up being me. So that's great. It's thanks, thanks, Wolf, yeah. thanks, Armored Saint. Thanks, Joey. <laughs> thanks, everyone. <laughs> yes, guys. Appreciate that. Like, that was great. How, how mental. Thanks, COVID. Go... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to put something like this would be great to then be headlining on the Saturday night on the main stage. Like, what a transition that is from just being a regular, just enjoying the enjoying the festival, to actually playing the main stage headlining. <laughs> well, you know, I was just there to just to, to say hello, and like, you know, Joey was there to to play it. Um, but you know, being being able to play for that kind of caliber band, um, yeah, it, it's just insane. Uh, uh, all the bands that I've been in are very small uh, DIY kind of units. Like we do the merch ourselves. We kind of, I, I don't know, book the gigs ourselves a lot of the time. And it's just the team of like four or five people. Um, and then moving over to Merciful Fate where there's like, there's someone in charge of everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really cool. Like it's a huge crew. Um, there's a lot of people that are counting on you to make things go right. And there's a lot of people that you can count on to make things go right, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. 
so and yeah just like a band with so much history and uh so many like really intense fans which is great <laughs> so in um this tour it was the first time merciful fate had toured in the usa for about 23 years so there was a lot of fans that had, like never seen them before um you know listened to them like all their lives and never see seen the band so they were like oh my god <laughs> this is the best thing ever and um so it was really cool to be like at that very special time uh for those fans and and for the band to come back to the usa that's mad i i, I didn't realize it was such a monumental tour for the band as well that's even more crazy but yeah just touching on Bloodstockers and that, I, I saw, I hope you don't mind me bringing this up, I saw on your social media you made a post saying, like, you weren't even 100% sure about going to Bloodstock for various reasons. I bet you're bloody glad you decided to go now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, I was like, oh, I really want to see Merciful Fate, but, like, I, I don't know, I, I, I kind of left it very much to the last minute to get a ticket and... I wasn't sure who was going of like my, my friends groups. So I was like, oh, am I going to be, I was having like difficulty with like anxiety at other festivals uh, earlier that year. So I was like, do I really want to be like on my own, not with my friend group um, in a much bigger festival, a lot more going on. I don't know if I can hack it, but then me and uh, one of my best friends, we were like, let's get these like last minute tickets, like on the Tuesday of the week, a couple of days before the festival. And it was like, well, if you're going, we'll be okay. I'll be okay if you're there and you'll be okay if I'm there. Let's get these tickets um, very last minute and and let's go. So yeah, I am really glad that I went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the tour, like, as you're saying, I've seen nothing but incredible praise. I was doing my research for this and I was looking at posts and little videos and everyone was like, Becky fucking killed it. It was so good. But there's one video which stood out amongst them all. And that is Dave Grohl going fucking crazy watching Merciful Fate. <laughs> That must be insane for you to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that was crazy. I didn't know that he was going to come to any of the shows. I, I was very excited that, about um, who, like, what, like, celebrities might be coming to some of the shows. Because, as I said, the band haven't been to the USA for a really long time. There's going to be a lot of, like, famous people in America, like, a lot of, like, metal musicians that would, like, want to come and see the show. Um, but I wasn't expecting Dave Grohl, not at all. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like I was like kind of backstage in, in LA. And then um, uh, I think the, the assistant came up to me. She was like, I didn't expect to see Dave Grohl wandering around. I'm like, you say what? Say what? Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he's here. And they're like, she's like, yeah, yeah. I think like we have to like, um, you know, make some room. Like, you know, like he's Dave Grohl. He can't really that you know he can't really be hanging around certain places so he needs to find like places he can go so kind of um you know have like a bit less like pressure and stuff um so yeah uh, and then I met him at the end I got a really nice two-handed handshake and uh and he said he had a great night and it was great to see me play and I was like oh my god and then afterwards I came across that video of him really enjoying the Merciful Fate set and I was like I have to post this this is really cool <laughs> screaming about satan and like <laughs> it's amazing Man, i didn't like I, I i know everyone loves dave Grohl, but like i thought everyone loved dave Grohl, you know but that, there's that things i post that video um there's been a lot of hate for dave Grohl on the post and i was like i didn't know that dave Grohl got hate like 
He's so well, nice. Dave What's Bronson. going on? <laughs> you know, there was only a bit, but it was mostly like, oh, why is he screaming about Satan? Like, Jesus will not wow. take his soul now. And I'm like, wow. oh, come on. Like, and are people shocked about this? People are like, oh, I expected more from you, Dave. And it's like, you literally played Satan in a movie. <laughs> Did you not know? <laughs> are you actually a Dave Grohl fan? And you didn't know that he dresses as Satan, has done that multiple times in his life. <laughs> he's a pretty metal guy like he's yeah he's if if you know you think he's a jesus guy like i don't know maybe you need to have a word with yourself (laughs) (laughs) is there any like particular standout moments from this tour though for yourself anyway you look back and you're like i can't believe that fucking happened (laughs) uh yeah i mean there was that one the dave Grohl thing there was um, uh, when we went to Mexico. So after like USA, we came back and then there was two uh, festivals in Mexico. And the first one was Hell and Heaven Festival, which I think is like 80,000 capacity or something ridiculous like that. Um, And so we played just before. um, So on our stage, we we played and then afterwards was Megadeth. And then on, on our stage after us was Kiss. So it was like, it was like, yeah, Anthrax, then us, then Megadeth, then Kiss. And I was like, oh my God, Kiss are on next, like in this space. <laughs> and, um, and I met um, Frank Bello from Anthrax uh, just before we went on. And um, he played my bass. Uh, he was like, oh yeah, can I give that a go? I'm like, yes, you can. Oh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, that was crazy. And there was, I think they, they said it was probably around 60,000 people that watched us. Um, for that set um i think a lot of them were waiting for kiss um they were a bit like what is going on here they didn't really like the kind of audience member for kiss the people who are really obsessed with them and are trying to get to the front of the the yeah (laughs) like but i don't know your average kiss fan trying to get to the front of the audience and then they have to sit through merciful fate and they're like okay i like the makeup but <laughs> this is different. <laughs> I didn't know a man could hit that high note. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> this is longer and more, about different subjects, but um, yeah. Uh, so, but that was really, really cool. And then um, the, the, the second festival we played was in Monterey, and uh, Judas Priest were headlining. And so I, I met uh, Rob Halford um, <sighs> after we played, and that was like so cool because. I think he kind of came in the room. He didn't really know, uh, you know, who everyone was and stuff. But he spoke to King for a little bit. And he, and King was like, oh, this is our bass player, Becky. Uh, she lives in Birmingham. And he's like, Birmingham? Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> where in Birmingham do you live? And, like, we're just having a little chat about, like, Midlands things. And <laughs> um, and that was just great and he, until he had to, like, go and play. And then I got to watch Judas Priest play as well. So that was really cool. <laughs> that's amazing i was gonna say did you mention the fact you're from birmingham because you know it's rob you've got to <laughs> yeah of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> but taking it around to what you're doing now have you had many people follow you from merciful fate to discover fury to discover hands off grill yes yeah so i've been uh you know while i was on on the tour there was a lot of new people following me and, and i still kept like posting occasionally about fury stuff so and yeah people saying like oh i saw you play in uh whichever state and and uh, they're like oh now i've discovered fury and i really like it and and that's like great news and i think you know there are some some similarities between merciful fate and fury like they're both like 
kind of classic metal and like very like riffy um like uh, vocals that divide opinion actually sometimes but i guess all vocals divide opinion but yeah a lot of people will be like i'm not sure about this guy's vocals and i'm like i bet the the people say the same about king so i'm like you know if uh, there's people who are like more open-minded about what vocals are like then um we want those kind of fans can anyone have a problem with julian's vocals i know i know i don't understand what so I was like, oh, he kind of sounds like Vince Neil, and I don't really get it for this kind of music. And I'm like, it does not sound like Vince Neil. <laughs> I, I can understand what Julian's saying. So no, he didn't yeah. sound like Vince Neil. <laughs> he could probably say the words kickstart my heart, not kickstart my heart. <laughs> no, but yeah. Julian, one of the notes I made when I was listening to Furious, like, my God, this man's voice is phenomenal. Yeah, no, I think it's it's amazing. I think he's got a great voice. I think it's... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very biased, but you know, I think it's one of the best like voices in in metal. Really, got to it's say it. <laughs> and same with Lauren. Her voice is absolutely incredible. You know, you you surround yourself with incredible vocalists and, and yeah. bands in general. It's actually amazing to see. Yeah, yeah, they're both like really good. But yeah, I'm hoping that now um, we definitely got more orders to the uh, the USA of, of Fury CDs and stuff so there are pe and people saying come to the USA and I'm like not so easy for a small band like us but we'll try <laughs> and it'll be interesting when um when Hands Off Gretel start touring again um you know if we have more of the metal fans coming along and uh seeing what Hands Off Gretel do because I don't know like I think it's they're all the kind of music that can uh reach into different genres and like you know mm. people who typically like different genres tend to find something in Hands Off Gretel that they like even if it is like in its core more of a punk kind of alternative rock grunge band there's a lot of things that like metalheads are like hell yeah that's cool <laughs> so yeah looking forward to going back with them at some point amazing uh, just quickly just wrapping up the Merciful Fate stuff is, is there any plans to work with them again that you know of or is it just back to normal now it, it's just back to normal really they said you know if that if the opportunity ever comes up again i'm going to be the first person that they speak to so um yeah just hopefully armored saint get busy <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's like it's, it's joey's job now like as it has been for the last few years so like that is his place and I, that's always i've always understood that so uh, i was just glad to have had that opportunity to to, to do it for a couple of months and and that's really cool and um you know now i've been able to have a taste of it and uh play in front of all mm -hmm. those people and it'd be exciting to see what comes next if anything else does come of it but um yeah th there's no plans really the, the only the way as, as the end people once said the only way is up you know like i said the crowd absolutely loved what I saw, the clips of you. There's a clip of you with King just pushing you to the front of the stage as well. And everyone just fucking went crazy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know this person. I'm going to interview her in a couple of days. I don't know her. And I'm so happy and proud for her. It's amazing oh. to see. <laughs> it's phenomenal. But doing my, doing my research for this as well, I also discovered, and something I really admired as well, was the Bristol Rock Centre and your work doing tuition, like I said. For those unaware, though, what exactly is the BRC? Uh, so, yeah, the Bristol Rock Centre is a school that I kind of co-founded when I lived in Bristol for, I, I, I moved to Bristol to study at uni there, but after I was kind of finishing uni, me and a couple of other uh, ex-students of, of BIM, the university, set up our own teaching company because 
um, uh, the guitarist, the guitar teacher, Rich, he started teaching people and then they kept asking him for more and more like people to teach. Like he was kind of full to capacity and people were asking for bass lessons and drum lessons, singing lessons. He's like, I know loads of people who could be good enough to teach, but they have nowhere to teach from because like they don't, they, you know, they're just teaching in their bedroom and stuff. Uh, but I do have this space that I can, um, that they, they can use. So we started teaching from his garage and then it kind of grew from there. We ended up getting a premises in like 2013 uh, where we had a few rooms where it's like rehearsal rooms and stuff. So we could have several teachers teaching at the same time. Um, and then we started trying to encourage the, especially the young students to play together. So we'd like force them into bands. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, bass player, the guitarist, drummer, similar age. Okay, you've all learned this song. Now like go and play and we're gonna make you rehearse and then we're gonna book a, a, a like showcase little gig and then you're gonna prepare for that. And your parents are gonna watch you and it's all just a nice safe space where you can uh, have a go at like doing the band thing and the live music thing and uh, see how you get on really but actually a lot of adults took it up it was really popular for for adults to uh meet other i guess it's more like when you're learning uh there are a lot of people out there that are playing but they're more at a kind of uh semi-professional level and stuff and mm. you're not quite ready for that but you are learning you do want to play with other people who are at similar level so um we were kind of like matchmakers for uh, musicians and stuff we're like you know where we can put them in situations where they're not going to feel out of their depth and they're going to feel like they're uh, around the kind of people that will I don't know I, I, just learn together you know so yeah that was kind of what we were doing down there that's awesome it's cool like trying to like you're passing on your knowledge like the next generation sort of even though you said you had adults set up and everything but like it's like this pilot. So now I'm going to teach the next people who can then teach the people after that, and then teach people after that, and like becoming a bit of a pioneer. Becky, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, but no, <laughs> it's good to see some of our students then go on and um, I don't know. They grow up so fast. Like you start teaching them, they're like 13, and then suddenly they're going to they're starting at the university that you studied at. Um, you know, a few years ago, it was obviously like five years before. But um, yeah, no, it was really good to see them. Uh, and they've already got some experience at that point because they've been forced into bands by us for years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Kids just need a push these days. Like, they, 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 you know, if you let them be, they might just like play video games all day. So you have to like <laughs> force them yeah. to fill their schedule with like music and nonsense. <laughs> or just like live on Snapchat or TikTok. That's literally yeah. what it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Um, is BRC still going? And obviously, obviously, you live in Birmingham now, but is it still going? Yeah, so BRC is still going. Um, I don't teach there anymore because I, I moved to Birmingham a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm still kind of one of the co-founders. I, I guess I kind of director, but I'm kind of a, uh, you know, I don't have much running in the in the day to day anymore. So, um, I, you know, occasionally I go back and we put on a uh, Christmas gig in Bristol um, and sometimes other tutors perform at this gig and students come along and stuff but um, yeah it's, I've taken more of a back seat since I've moved away but the but the school is still there like if you're in Bristol area like check it out <laughs> incredible but what are you working on at the moment that you can talk about or have you got anything coming out or just come out that you want people to go check out 
um i guess there isn't much that's come out recently like the last thing was like just over just a year ago the fury album came out um but we are working on a new little single um which is a bit different like we're um doing a little collaboration thing with luke appleton um and it's i think we can say it's acoustic it's an acoustic track um Mm. so but that's going to be coming out next month uh so that's another fury um thing and after that i don't know we're writing a new fury album for next year um and we're touring in the uk so yeah this year is mostly like finish writing and then record the album for fury's album five um get this new single going next month and yeah tour and uh i i so i do kind of a patreon at the moment so i so i set it up during like lockdown and coronavirus and all that stuff because i was like i have no way to make money what shall i do and then i thought <laughs> i've always wanted to do this patreon thing like it's been going around for a little while and i thought i should try it at some point now is a perfect time because yeah i can't do anything else um so yeah i, start, I started that then and um it's, it's been going really well like it's been you know sort of it has to take kind of second has to play second fiddle really to my bands but I always find a way to make it work so it's more like whatever I'm doing is my main thing like on the Merciful Fate tour I was trying to film like behind the scenes content to go on my Patreon and then Mm. if I'm home then I'm like okay I can focus more on bass videos and transcriptions and other stuff that people might be interested in while I'm home so um yeah that's been kind of what's taking up most of my time at the moment incredible absolutely thank you so much for doing this mr stevens do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest full start i do i do becky i'll let you enjoy your side of that and i'll uh (laughs) (laughs) you're all all good you're all good um basically obviously kicking kicking ass in the world of rock and metal um as, as a female basis like paving the way shall we say uh for the younger generation coming up but when you first started and went you know what I want to play bass guitar. I don't want to be a vet. I want to, you know, absolutely kick it on stage with with amazing people and amazing bands and teach as well. Did you ever think that when you got to now, like this would be your life so far, like being on stage and with touring the US and all that sort of thing? Um, I kind of thought, um, hmm, I don't know. I, I always try and like remember what I was expecting of the music industry. I kind of thought it'd be easier, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I thought it would be easier to kind of start a band and, um, you know, with your mates and then you kind of start touring and then you get some fans and then suddenly whoosh, there he goes. Like suddenly you're huge and then you're everywhere. You know, like when you read all these books about um, certain bands in the early days, you know, all the bands that make books about their lives, I guess they had a very like quick ascension to like stardom and things like this. So you think, oh yeah, that'll happen and this will happen. And then like, record label like private jets everything will be great uh so i don't know i kind of i i did i just expected it to like happen in a different way not that i'm you know massively disappointed i didn't think um i expected more but i just kind of um just thought it would happen a lot quicker you know i thought that by this i don't know especially when you're young you think that you think that 25 is really old, for example. And so yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sure by the time I'm 22, I'll be like, you know, already been there, done that and like done it all. So there is kind of that. But then 
but then you know if if anyone had said to me like do you think like if I was listening to Merciful Fate like when I first bought their album back in like many many years ago (laughs) um if someone said like you might one day play with them what do you think about that I'd be like no that's just silly like they're this like enormous band that like have influenced Metallica like my favorite band like there's no way that I would ever have the chance to play with them but then here you go so this is uh, like even I don't know in a way even cooler than what I was expecting because I, I don't know I just kind of expected that um I don't know, I have a band with my friends and we'd be really cool, but then the record label will want to change us and then I'd have to, like, dye my hair blonde and, like, get eyelash extensions <laughs> and sell out totally. Um, that's kind of what I expected to happen, but, like, none of that happened. Sandra was disappointed. You're like, I wanted to dye my hair and my eyelash extensions. I wanted to sell out. I wanted to <laughs> buy. <laughs> Where's the money? <laughs> You're right, you're right what you're saying about books those like I remember reading uh, The Dirt the Motley Crue book and like yeah we played on the Sunset Strip and then someone came to see us and they signed us and then the next thing you know we're on tour with Ozzy Osbourne I was like surely there's more to it than that like yeah, there was yeah. some harder work put into it than that yeah surely there was a few more steps along the way like just like get rid of all of the really boring months and years <laughs> where something else happened <laughs> I think they're based on followers now, don't they? Followers and views you've had and stuff on social media and all that crap. Yeah, so. yeah. It's just a completely different industry now. Like, I don't think labels really do that. They don't go out and, you know, you don't have to play London all the time. So you get discovered by an A&R person. It's like, they will just like, look on your thing like oh lots of views okay let's look at your tiktok okay lots of interaction and then you know something may happen because of that but even then they're not going to be like here's a record deal they're just going to be like sign over everything to us and you shall see what happens (laughs) it's like (laughs) there's no money in it for them to actually offer you anything interesting it's just kind of do you want to just give us money and you might get some good gigs um and then you just have to like sign away all of your rights to everything so i don't know it's um I, I, I don't know. The, the music industry is a very strange beast and I still don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and you went to uni and everything. Bastards. Uh, yeah, I'd like, <laughs> it was all for nothing, obviously. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Too much crying in the bathroom. That's what it was. Yeah, just, just busy <laughs> crying, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what I love is whenever we talk to musicians, they're like, music industry is bullshit. It makes no sense. Why do you do it? Because I fucking love it. <laughs> I wouldn't do anything else. It's the best. Yeah. <laughs> but one Absolutely. last question for myself before we start wrapping up. I know this might be asking you to like pick a favourite child or something, but if there's someone listening to this and they're like, do you know what? I like this Becky. I like the cut of her jib. I'm going to go check out some of the bands she's playing with. If you could recommend like one or two songs from the band you've played with, to people to go check out, you're like extra proud of. What what might they be? Okay. Um, I guess from Fury, I would recommend Burnout. It's the most kind of like, just like catchy one and it starts with a bass solo and then yes. it has another bass solo in it just for, yeah, just for good measure um and you get to I dress say? like a mechanic in the video yeah that was fun yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> still don't know how to fix cars though that's unfortunate <laughs> oh it's funny because uh, the the fury van broke down in november and it's still not fixed yet and it's like is this like the universe like telling us off for dressing as mechanics <laughs> be like you're not really mechanics though are you <laughs> like your van is broken and you don't know what's going on 
<laughs> and all the, the guys at the garage be like oh this has been you need a new injector and you need this and you're like don't know what you're saying don't know what you're saying <laughs> like, don't know what it um anyway so yeah burnout uh definitely top recommended um i think i guess from hands off grass i would go for she thinks she's punk rock and roll um mm. it, yeah it's just like really snappy short song um and I don't know if, if you're into that kind of uh, like punk stuff and if you're into like kind of female fronted female empowerment in like rock music, then that's there. That's like a really cool one. Phenomenal. Becky, this has been so much fun. I really appreciate taking out of time to do this. We've had an absolute blast talking to you. It has been fun. Yes, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Yes. yes. <laughs> you're very welcome. Thank you so much. But before you do get out of here, are there any plugs, social medias, anything you want people to go and check out? Uh, please check out if you check out my website, all of the links are there. So my my website is beckybaldwinbase.com. And from there, you can find my YouTube. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And then you can find Fury's website on uh, furyofficial.co.uk. Um, and we have all of our like tour dates and stuff. We're touring in the UK this year um, and our web store and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Incredible. I think this has been amazing. Thank, Thank you. you, so, Thank you. So yeah, much. it's been great. I've had a lot of fun. Good, so we're really pleased. And we look forward to seeing you at Primordial Festival in the April. Oh, great. Yes, yes. That's so going to be awesome. Really looking forward to it. So we are there on behalf of these lovely people. Uh, right, so we shall, uh, we shall be there to, to enjoy Soak Fury in with our eyes. It's going to be great. Ah, great. Yes. Yes, we should definitely sure, see you there. And if you're a Bloodstock, we'll see you there as well, because we're going to be there. So. Yes, I'm pretty sure I will be there. Wonderful. Nice. Incredible. Thank oh, you so much, Becky. It's been amazing. Evening. Cool, thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. Take care of yourself. We'll speak to you soon. All right, bye. 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 What a fascinating and just wonderful conversation. I found this so inspiring. The fact she was like, no, I'm going to be a bass player. And she don't fucking quit and she makes it. It's incredible. Yeah, I love that. Um, at the beginning of the interview, I think she was quite apprehensive to be like, what have I let myself in for? <laughs> uh, but then she really lets her guard down. And it's, it's an absolutely incredible interview. And I can understand, you know, with the two of us that are just fucking... <laughs> um, so, yeah. We're going to no, throw totally fucking understand. questions at you. Deal with it. Um, <laughs> it was great. It was absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to chat to us. We really, really appreciate it. We absolutely loved it. Um, and hearing all your story. Uh, and we hope the Fury Tour is going well. Uh, we hope that you guys out there enjoy listening to it as much as we do recording it. It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, 
head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. <clears throat> Mr. Stevens. Hi there. It's participation time. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's Participation Challenge. This week, I said, we all like to think about TV and movies that we watch, but sometimes our brains go a little bit into overdrive. So this week, we are asking, what are your favourite TV slash movie fan theories? What say you, Mr. Stevens? I haven't got any because I don't like I don't do all that sort of shit. But I did find out recently that Brum, the car, was called yes. Brum because he's from Birmingham, not because he goes Brum Brum. No, I absolutely no idea. Yeah, he lives in Borton on the water, but he's from Birmingham. Yeah, I didn't know. I James Hope's called Brum because he was a car. But it's, no, he's called Brum because he's from Birmingham. Little factoid for you there, ladies and gentlemen. Those who didn't know. I love that. I thought he was called Brum because he goes Brum Brum. <laughs> 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 oh. Let's get some audience answers. Actually, I realised I didn't say mine. My favourite one, although it's daunting as anything, is the Finding Nemo one. That the whole of Finding Nemo is basically Marlin's imagination and his way of dealing with grief after the fish that I've forgotten the name of basically eats all of his babies and kills his wife. All kinds of fucked up. Who's Marlin? Marlin's the dad in Finding Nemo. It's Nemo's dad. Oh, okay. So the basic end, Finding Nemo doesn't happen because he he gets knocked out and hits his head after the big fish attacks. And everyone's saying the film is actually his imagination and his way of coping with grief from losing everyone. I was like, fuck, that's dark. Jesus Christ, yeah. But... Let's get some audience answers. In one that really made me laugh, Ollie Roylance. My theory is that Andrew Tate thinks he's in the Matrix. <laughs> I hope he says lots of forever, the prick. I know, right? He's an absolute fucking knobhead. <laughs> oh. Gemma Vilks says, I think that Mr Bean is an alien, and that's why he drops from the sky from a bright light at the start of the episode and he's confused by human ways. Interesting. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's very interesting. Lydia Manson says, what about the Rugrats theory where all of the babies are part of Angelica's imagination because she's lonely at home due to her parents working so much? That's fucking dark. Like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure why you'd imagine Phil and Lil. They're fucking annoying. George Nicholson. Jeff Nicholson, not George. Why did I say George? Anyway, Jeff Nicholson. The events of Greece are what Sandra hallucinates as her brain shut down, panicking for breath, drowning on one of her summer days. So it makes perfect sense with the flying car bit at the end, because she heads towards death. That's, again, really fucked up. I've never seen Greece, so I can't comment. I've seen it, but I don't remember it very well. But yeah, a lot of these are analogies for very dark things. Shay Strickland, this is one I've heard before, and I really like this one. The theory that Winnie the Pooh characters all represent different mental illnesses, like Eeyore is depression, Piglet is anxiety, and so on and so forth. Tigger is ADHD. I like that. That's That's clever. It's clever, isn't it? Graham White. I believe that Indiana Jones is just Han Solo having a dream. 
Fair, yeah, I like that one. Right. Graham Arnold. He's given us quite a few this one. Recess. The kids are all dead and their ghosts are haunting the school. So that's why you get so many stereotypes of kids from different eras all in one place. Okay. Love recess, watch out. I know, right? Don't ruin recess. Wally. There are hundreds and thousands of dead ships just drifting out in space. The commercial we see from for the ships mentioned during the movie mentions that there will be multiple starships launching each day leading up to the flagship, the one we see in the film launching. Then at the end of the movie, after the return to Earth, we see a series of mosaics decrypting events all over the following decades where more plants grow, animals are reintroduced, etc. Yet no other ships seem to return. We know hundreds launched, yet only one ever comes home. Bom, bom, bom. Never seen Wally, so I can't, I can't make any comment. <laughs> Back to the Future. Doc keeps showing up to save Marty because Marty died that many times. I like this one. This is clever. Biff chases Marty to a roof where he forces Marty to jump to his death. Doc goes back in time. There he is to save him. Biff chases Marty down a tunnel to run him over and kill him. Doc goes back in time, drops a rope to save him right at the last minute. Mad Dog lynches Marty, killing him. So Doc goes back in time to turn up with his rifle and save Marty right at the end, etc., etc. So Doc just keeps going to save Marty. I like that one. I like that one a lot. That's good. I've never heard that before. And he also says, Peter Pan, he's actually the angel of death and collects the souls of dying children. That's why they never grow up. That's fucked up. Why are they all so dark? Why can't there be any happy fun time theories here? What's wrong with people? Welcome to the human race. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Ryan Williams. He's got some good ones here. So, so conspiracy and fan theories are a rabbit hole that I fall down a little too easily. So here's the top five that I've known for a while. The Rugrats are a figment of Angelica's imagination because she was a lonely child, so she imagined the friends of her parents having kids so she could have friends to play with. So the theory is that all the kids... Jesus Christ, it's get darker and darker. The theory is that all the kids died at birth. Tommy was a stillborn, and that's why Stewie's always making toys that the son he never knew. The, the devils? The Devils, I can't remember whose parents are, had an abortion. So Angelica imagined a boy and girl twin because she didn't know the gender. Chucky and his mom die at birth, which is why Chaz is always nervous. Why are they so fucked up? I'm going for a happy fun time one next week. This is just not not how I planned this to happen. The Breakfast Club is really a bunch of students who died and are in purgatory. They're helping each other find peace with the lives that they left behind. What the fuck? The vehicles in cars are AI that adapted the personality of their owners before the purge of organic life. That one I like. That's great. (laughs) That is brilliant. Harry Potter is a malnourished, delusional and abused boy who imagined the events of the books and is still locked in the Dursley's closet. What the fuck? And last but not least, Scooby-Doo. Fred and Daphne are swingers, Velma is bi and Scooby and Shaggy are the stoners. I don't think there's ever denying the last one. I think that's a <laughs> solid fact. And last but not least, I put this one last just because it made me laugh so much. It's absolutely brilliant. And it's Jerry Keane, ladies and gentlemen. A, one, a good one is that Indiana Jones was absolutely no use and not needed whatsoever in Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Nazis still got hold of the Ark and all died because they opened it. So if Indy hadn't have been there, all that would have happened anyway... All that would have happened is the Nazis got the Ark and they all open it and they would have died. Therefore making his adventure, whilst great to watch, totally, completely fucking irrelevant. 
brilliant. I love that. <laughs> One of the most acclaimed movies of all time. Fucking pointless. Brilliant. Really made me laugh. We really enjoy when you all get involved in Jamie's Participation Challenge. So thank you so much to everyone that participated this week. If you enjoy Jamie's Participation Challenge, Tom's Journal, Callum Street Chains, the absolute shit we see at the beginning and the interview, you'll enjoy the other 79 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast wherever you get your podcast from, whether it be Google, Spotify, or Apple, etc. etc. We are also on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the bell to get notified when new videos are released. And make sure you comment, comment, comment. Thank you, Ron. You can find all of our interviews and episodes are on there. All of our w, uh, hashtag WWW way back when are on there. That's all our previous interviews from our old channels. All of our Bloodstock uh, interview, live interviews are on there. Our Bloodstock vlogs on there. And our Dublin Press vlog is on there as well for you thoroughly to enjoy. Lots and lots of content for you to get into your faces. You can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you press like, share it everywhere to your mates, ballots, send some memes and gifts, whatever you want. Stop emailing us and messaging us about fucking YouTube analytics, though. Jamie, whilst <laughs> else you're on, uh, what else are you looking for us? Where else can you find us on there? Uh, you can find us sitting there on Spotify, listening to everything you can find by Fury, Hands Off Gretel, Merciful Fate, you know, whatever our wonderful guests put her diddly hands to. Absolutely, or on the Twitter at TCO Pod. Whilst you're doing that, listen to Becky's bands and find us on Twitter. Where else can you find us? You could sit in a spinny chair going, Wee, I'm a duck's penis. Absolutely, or on the Instagram at TCO Pod. We're also on LinkedIn at the Promise of Podcast. Come check us on there. We are also on the TikTok at TCO Pod. Come and find us on there. Go look for Jamie's Chesty Hawks video. There's also a lot of uh, highlight videos in there as well, which are, are just fantastic. Um, I thoroughly enjoy watching them on there on a daily basis. Um, and you can also come on down to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderful little website at www.podcast.com. You can find out all of our us are on there, all of our episodes and shows are on there, all of our affiliations and sponsors are on there. And of course, the Chronicles of Podcast shop is on there as well, where you can get all your TCO pod merch. And trust me, it's beautiful. That's it. Follow us on all the socials. Come on down. This is the show of the week. Support us. Just get subscribed on that YouTube. Get subscribing and get buying the t-shirt or two. Before we get out of here, shall we say thank you to a few of our friends? Do it. Go on then. Every single week, you will hear beautiful, delicate music on this show. And that music is brought to you by one man. Mr. Singer-songwriter himself. Matt Roberts. Go check out Matt on all of the social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Go follow him on YouTube. Go follow him on Spotify, wherever you get your music from. And go and listen to his brand new album, Light of Day. It is fantastic. No, it's superb. Go and check it out right now, wherever you get your music from. And as I say, make sure you're following Matt on all of the social medias because he does have a new exciting project coming very soon, which we can't wait to check out. And we will tell you all the details when he allows us to. But go and follow it now so you can see it before we even tell you about it. And of course, we have to say thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. Have a look what's on there. There's a sale right now because there's going to be some brand new lines coming very soon, which we cannot wait to see. But whatever you like at the moment, add one of them to your basket, including, I hope, that Sophie Lancaster collaborative T-shirt of 50% of the profits go to the foundation. And then once you get to the checkout, enter that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your order. A little gift from Mr. Barry 
to you guys. But while if you want to throw that extra little bit of support to Braden Barry, like we know you do, go check out all of his music for Say We Can Fly because he's just released a brand new album, Beneath the Roses. It is absolutely fantastic. It is I know all bands say this and I say this about their latest release, but it's the best thing he's ever done. It is incredible. Go and check it out right now. We cannot promote it enough to you guys. Go and check it out right now. Well, in about 10 minutes time once the show's finished. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They are stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. We cannot wait to be supporting these guys. We've got a huge summer planned with them. But in the meantime, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Click on that hate crime tab and fill in that questionnaire. That questionnaire is so important. If you've ever been treated differently because of the music you listen to, because of the way you dress, anything, no matter what it is, if you've been treated differently simply for being a part of the alternative community, then we need your feedback because it is a strand of hate crime. Whether the police and the laws want to admit it or not, it is. There is no doubt about it. What happened to Sophie proves that for the fact she was targeted simply because of the way she was dressed. And it still happens today. It happened to me. It happened to Mr. Stevens when we were younger. So how about we finally put this to a stop? So please help us help them fill in that questionnaire, share it with your friends, share it with your family, and please support us doing that. And last but not least, massive thank you to this handsome devil right there. Right back at you, my friend. Right back at you, Jamie. Another absolutely wonderful episode today. Absolutely glorious. 80 editions. Yeah, and we're looking forward to seeing you for the next episode, next edition, next week, for the Chronicles of Bill Cox. But as for now, we'll see you all next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.